All right, light up the bat signal because it's a feminine critique, and we're talking about a lot of Batman today. <laughs> we bet we better be so if you're gonna lead with light up the bat signal, light up the bat signal for no reason, just, just cause it's Saturday, you know. Why not? You no, know, it's March. I don't know. It's March is such a dull month. You got to give something to make it exciting. I know. Bat signals. Yeah, that's it. Why not? Uh, hi, I'm Emily. I'm Christine. Uh, we're going to talk about two films today uh, that have a lot in common because they're both um, origins of Batman. Are they really? I think. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe by the time we talk through it, I'll realize that I totally watched a different movie or like had a different interpretation of it. I don't know. A lot could happen, guys. We, we're here for like another two hours, probably. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but we'll, we're going to talk about 1989. I don't have... Um, behind the curtain, I hurt my back, so I am not prepared. I don't have either date up. Ooh, so we're not going to hear a lot of clanging on the computer then from you today, are we? Um, do you usually? <laughs> no. Oh, no. You can tell us if we do. Oh, oh no, I try to mute when I do oh, that no, shit. Just when, when I, I find it very amusing how, um, like, I, and I think I've said this before, I walk very heavy. Uh-huh. Like when I'm, when I know in my parents' house, like if my, uh, like dad is in the basement and I'm walking around, he told me once, he's like, you know, I can never tell it's either mom is really angry or you're just walking around. Like I walk heavy. Like I'm, I'm a, like a forceful person, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, you are like that when it comes to typing. Based um, on at least when it comes to typing while you're podcasting. When I when I when I make a show of typing while we're on the air, I type real hard. It's, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you're trying to do to that computer. What it did to you? If I need like, you guys to know that when I say I'm looking something up, you, I really you am. Fucking looking that up, man. Um, I'll I'll, I'll try to keep it quiet. Okay. Although the last time we recorded, I was like eating something, but I kept muting every time I ate, and then I realized that I thought I was muted and wasn't, so I might have been chewing so loud. <laughs> I didn't notice, but um, I don't think I have that good of hearing, so who knows? Sorry, guys. All right, so we're going to do, yes, it was 1989, Tim Burton's mm-hmm. Batman. And In 2005, I just looked correct, it up. Correct, Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins. Uh, before we get into, you know, vigilante justice and uh, all that stuff, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, just some of the things we've been watching as of late. Uh-huh. Uh, my list is pretty small. I don't know about yours. Um, yeah, mine's not huge or anything. Yeah, well, do you want I to have some? I have some exciting things. Ooh. <laughs> um, well, don't what? tease anymore, you mink. No, I think I thought of you when I was watching these. Um, so I said I watched the Lego movie, right? Yes, you said it was wonderful. It's really great. I've been buying the minifigures, more of them lately, and I'm really excited. Um, so everybody should see that. Uh, my list is out of order for some reason, so I need to make sure. I watched a documentary on Netflix called Nightmare Factory. Maybe you've seen it go by. I have heard this title, but I don't remember anything about this title other than Um, the title. It's about, you know, effects and makeup artists and stuff. Okay. I thought you were going to say it's about a factory and they make nightmares. (laughs) They make nightmares there. (laughs) That doesn't make sense. Um, It's mostly Greg Nicotero based, um, which is fine. I like him. I'd rather it be based on him than Savini. But, uh. I wish it was better. It was interesting. A lot of it. I feel like if you're a gigantic nerd like me and you've seen a lot of special features and a lot of documentaries about these genres of film, um, you know all this stuff already. Right. And it's kind of rote territory and you're like, oh, well, I, yep, okay, I knew all this. Yeah, that but, makes sense. 
like you know it's on there I re- it was kind of short it's worth looking at if you now do you I know you don't um, have cable but have you ever watched Face Off on Sci-Fi um, I have seen I saw I think most of the first season and maybe a couple of the second okay. um, when I was still in New I, one of my apartments in New York I think we got Sci-Fi or we got like or TBS Siffy, which it would yeah Siffy we got Siffy and TBS just kind of like came into the television and so I think we were able able to watch it on that but yeah I haven't seen it in a really long time it's um what I it what I really respect about that show aside from the fact that it's really cool because it is just you know talented makeup artists making yeah. really cool shit is that that I think is one of the very few reality shows I've seen that has not descended into the drama of the contestants is what people are really watching for. No, we're watching it because we want to watch people make cool monsters. We don't care about the inter, you know, about this woman being a drama queen and that. And that show has actually respects that and is just about the work. And it's not about the, like, almost, even like Project Runway, which used to be really about, wow, these people are amazing. Yeah. This is awesome. It turned into, oh, this one's, uh, this one has a drama thing going on. And Face Off has maintained that, which I really respect. So. Well, that's good to know. I'm, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I wish someday that would be a show that ends up, like, streaming so I could just yeah. sit and watch all of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Good times. Um, I had read the books. I loved the books. I was very curious to see the movie, even though I knew that I would never get any more. Um, and that would be the Golden Compass. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm like, uh, where this can go <laughs> I know, right? I was being coy. Time for Twilight um, Talk. I really didn't like it. Really? Um, and this is from someone who's read all three books and really liked all three books. Um, I, I, I thought it was lacking, severely lacking any heart or Did soul. It, now, I know of all the controversy of the books and how the books are ultimately, like, atheist. Yeah. Did the movie feel like it was embracing that or distancing itself from that? Or not? Um, neither. That's, okay. I think, the problem. I think yeah. that's why it felt so... Ugh, like, somebody just yeah. threw something at the screen and you were like, there you go. Right. And um, the movie failed because, prop, in big part because so many groups were, like, able to kind of lobby against it and say this is a, you know, anti-Christian movie. And it, yeah, it's, I mean, Philip Pullman, I think is his name, is, like, outspoken about mm-hmm. his opinions and stuff, and this is the anti... Um, Narnia. Chron- Chronicles of Narnia, and I love Narnia. I mean, I think it's possible to enjoy both, okay. but Narnia is clearly clearly has an agenda, right. and so does this, and I, I'm cool with both of them. Mm-hmm. But um, I was the really... he didn't have the agenda... No, and in in a lot of ways, I guess that's good because had it been like this fucking revelation, I would have been so mad that I wasn't going to get any more. Yeah. yeah, and I the uh, person I watched it with had no clue what was going on, so I think it suffers from that too. Like it's a little like the book is pretty dense, and it creates this really big world, and it's hard to cram that into a movie. Sure. Like so, it was a little confusing. I don't know if you know what it's about at all, but like. I it's about a compass and Nicole Kidman wears gold and looks very sharp. She she was great in it. <laughs> it's I been remember seeing Nic- the preview like it's been a Nicole Kidman fact. fest lately Clearly. for me. So, but yeah, it's she's a she's here we come. Oh, I've still never seen that. One of the worst movies, one of the worst studio movies of all time, easily. Oh, I didn't want to watch it's it. Now. Matthew Broderick curse. If Matthew yeah. Broderick is put in a big budget movie with a good cast, the movie's going to be terrible. That's well, a shame for him. Yeah. Well, more for the people he's acting with, because I blame him. 
and he doesn't pick up his dog poop. I've I've heard firsthand accounts of this. So well, I walked into him. There is a special place in hell reserved for you, Ferris Bueller. I walked into him on the street and almost dropped my brown rice and broccoli. Because oh. he just didn't seem to care. Oh, see? See? They filmed Tower Heist on, like, the corner of my street. And I was rounding the corner, like, hey, going home after the gym. And then he walks out of his trailer and almost smashes into Mm -hmm. me. Whatever. Guess that's how he rolls. Um, (laughs) So, I watched Paranormal Activity 3 and 4. Oh, okay. Yeah. And? And I liked them both for different reasons and disliked them both for Mm -hmm. different reasons. So, what are... uh just talk. Um, <laughs> well, three, I had know. an issue with the formatting of three. I think that was my big problem. Like, they wanted to do the, the flashback or the prequel, and they wanted to embrace old technology. Right. But I guess somewhere along the lines, probably right at the beginning of the process, somebody was like, this has to look good. You have yeah. to make this look good. We so really film in VHS, guys. Seriously. So fuck you. You're pretending like you're filming on VHS, and it looks great and it takes me out of the movie immediately also i felt like the acting in that one was awful in three yeah i, I don't know i like the kids a lot and i, I like oh, the lead i the lady or the man i like the guy i don't remember the, the woman as much the lady was okay i liked the kids too the man um is from something i looked him up and i got excited um the man is from an episode of 30 rock that's what it was. Um, and I was like, he's so familiar. He was not good to me. I didn't like him. Um, I think it was just, it, there were a few really creepy things, like the thing with the sheet, if you know what I'm speaking about. Yeah. Uh, in the kitchen. Uh-huh. That freaked me the fuck out. So there were things in that one that like genuinely got under my skin, but there were a few lapses in judgment and the way that it looked, and I was just like, I'm kind of out of this one. Now, the fourth one, apparently everybody hates the fourth one. Well, the fourth... Oh, you said three and four, not two and three. No, I had seen I had okay. seen two a long right, time right, right. ago. Yeah, four is the one that I watched right before recording last time. Yeah, what... Did, so you liked four? I liked four um, a lot because I really liked the female lead and I liked she her friend. She I thought, was great, I thought. I thought they were really funny. Mm-hmm. Believable um, in... I mean, it found footage of the whole thing. is like, you got to be natural, which has got to be the hardest thing, especially for a young actor to do. Yeah, and I it thought totally it was really good. Worked. Yeah, I agree. They were really fun, and I, um, maybe there was a bit in the middle where I got kind of lost. I think mm-hmm. when they took focus off of her. Yes, I agree. Uh, and just followed the kids, and I was just kind of like, this is, and what is it? And they never resolve the one kid? No. Like, you're like, wait, so who the fuck was that kid? I read, there's a lot of things I don't understand about that movie. Um, yeah. But then the the end, and by the end I mean the very last, the last shot. That's like the end was so good. It was effective, but it made me so angry because it's. Like, oh, I loved it. Everybody pumped up four as oh four is going to be the one that answers questions and oh absolutely ends not the cycle and God no because you're like well what about and what about and who was and that uh, uh, okay yeah. Um, and then Jason was the one who was talking about how the fifth one is sort of like a spinoff of it. <laughs> that references stuff. So I'm like, yeah. okay, are they ever going to come back to... Well, they're doing another one, right? I don't... Maybe? I thought I read that. I could be. Cause there was some... didn't do that well, but that doesn't necessarily... I mean, these are so cheap to make that... Yeah, that, of course they're going to try again. Why not? They hit four times. Of course they're yeah. going to try again. But the fourth one, I don't... I, I didn't understand some of it. I feel like... I was like, did I miss that, or did they just not explain it? So I went and read some stuff online, and apparently they didn't explain it, because no one else understood. 
Um, okay. But it seemed, it seemed like they were going to do another one. There is Paranormal Activity 5 is listed on IMDb for an October 20. <laughs> oh, I'm so there. So they've got to get moving on that if they're not already. Um, yeah. I... I so my I've kind of turned around on the franchise. Um, I would like to rewatch the first and second one. If I'm not watching them, like okay, so they're not gonna fi- they're not gonna scare me. Yeah, part four gave me because I watched it like with the lights out. I was home alone. Uh huh. There were moments that had me. Like I wasn't jumping. I wasn't screaming. Um, I mean, it takes a lot for that to happen with me with with a movie, just because I yeah. know the beats of these movies. I know when something's gonna happen. Um, but it did, like, it had me in a few spots where I, I was like, I'm like, okay, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling it. And yeah, then, like, I think there was three more than four that did that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would say that. A three yeah. I watched what feels like two years ago, I guess. So it had been a while. Um, and the next day, after four, I went to the grocery store. And I'm not kidding. Three times, like, I was standing in an aisle looking at food and something just fell right near or on me. <laughs> and, like, that happens in the movie. I'm like, what the fuck? I brought a ghost home with me, didn't I? That's just, yeah. I just have bad luck in the grocery store. I think that might be it. I, you do fall a lot. Um, yeah, makes sense. But I'm glad I watched them. And and I do, I, I want to see the fifth one now. I'm fascinated by them. If, if, if nothing else, I find them fascinating. Well, and I would say the same thing I would say about the paranormal activity movie <laughs> that, I would, that I still say about Saw is people can give them shit for being successful and then kind of staying with that formula which hey guess what that's what every other horror franchise has done and i think i really respect that what paranormal activity did which is what saw did is that they they did tell a continuous story throughout and it wasn't that it was just oh it's another installment of the movie it's no it's some kind of continuation or spin-off or backtracking of these characters that they've already established yeah where it's much more complex than it needed to be and maybe that's what hurts it ultimately at the box office because you because people see people don't want that yeah yeah and you think of the audience for this is so young in a way where they grow out of it probably very quickly yeah which is why you have to make one every year because if you make a part the me- you think this one even I think was what two two year difference and by that time your core audience is now like in college yeah or- they're out of it they they're not interested in that anymore yeah, yeah. what else you got. Um, I watched a documentary that's streaming on Amazon Prime called Milk with a question mark. Okay, I thought you were just asking milk? the title. Um, uh, it, I love talking about milk. Um, doesn't <laughs> really it's, good. It's one of my passions. I hate the dairy um, companies and lobbyists and the the dairy agenda. I think it's wrong. I have so many opinions. Right, so I get agenda it. of dairy is good. You need more of it, or yeah, and it's okay. so terrible for you. Yeah, um, but cheese is so good. Yeah, cheese is real good. I agree. I drink soy milk, but I will never <laughs> give up cheese. Um, that's fine, but I think it's fascinating, and I think that what we believe is still so antiquated, and I think it's so neat, and I love to talk about it. And I was like, a milk documentary I've never seen. It's so bad. Oh, I'm so mad How about. How do you make a really bad milk documentary? Well, it's like, it was really interesting, and they were talking to, like, dairy farmers and organic dairy farmers and, like, super smart scientist people and biochemists and shit, and, like, things were really interesting. I was like, this is cool. And then all of a sudden, it spent, like, this is, it's a really short 
thing too. It's like 60 minutes. Then they all of a sudden decided to spend the last half, legit the last half, talking about pasteurized versus unpasteurized milk. What? I don't care. Why are you doing this? It's in the U.S. Can you even? Isn't U.S. all pasteurized? Yeah, I think it's in like, other countries. I think in Russia, when I would drink, I think the milk was unpasteurized. Yeah, they. I guess they. Some of it was filmed in Canada. I think the guy might be from Canada. Well, that they were talking, explains it all. They were talking about what, his lack of focus. What do you say about Canadians? What? What? Huh? What? Milk. <laughs> but I was mad because I. I like. So if anybody can recommend a good milk documentary to me. <laughs> In the end of the day, you would call it milk? Yeah. Okay. I was mad. It was real strong to start, and I was like, yeah, and then nope. That's a um, I watched a movie that is streaming that it seems like a lot of other people are watching called Haunter. Oh, wait, yes, I have not seen it, but I really want to, because it's the guy who did Cube. Yes, and um, uh, Abigail Breslin's in it. I couldn't yeah. think of her name. And I knew his name, and I looked it up just so I could say it. Guy from Pool. Oh. Guy from Pontypool. Oh, Stephen Hattie. Well, Stephen McHattie. Grant Mazzy from Pontypool. Yeah, thank you. Um, <coughs> he's in it. Um, the, th- the thing with this movie is it feels like a Goosebumps book. Mm-hmm. Um, it is clearly skewed towards a younger, possibly okay. female demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, it really feels like a kind of more intense, longer, are you afraid of the dark? Okay. Um, which I guess is okay, but really wasn't what I was looking for. So it's good to know, actually, because I've heard a lot of really positive talk about it, and I still like I like sometimes those sort of PG thirteen um, movies that are just really well done. Yeah, but I definitely need to know like if I go into that because I probably based on his other stuff like Cube and Splice yeah. I haven't seen, but I kind of know the idea of. I would have assumed it was a much darker milk movie. So if I went like, man, I want to see death tonight then i might be disappointed so that's good yeah i don't i didn't really have any expectations i thought it might be creepy or at least the thing is it's if you know anything about it it's kind of like a subversion of the ghost story um which i was really excited about and then it kind of turns out that it's a rehash of ideas that have already been done in other places but right and then finally i watched a movie i was super excited to watch i was getting pumped up for hannibal to come back last night um so i watched the hunt I think that's the name of it, because I only have the other name in front of me. Um, Mads Mikkelsen's um, Oscar-nominated foreign film. Okay, I've heard of you, it, but I actually don't know Is it the one? It. It's so fucking good, man. So, without a question mark, you say that. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's the one. I only had the Danish name in front of me. Um, which oh, is no, I've heard of it. Okay. Like, like Jagten. Um, anyways, he's he's so good. It's so good. You should watch it. It really so upset good, me. It's so good. It's really good. It's it bothered me a lot. It's about injustice and stuff. Um and I got really upset. I got like upset like I shouldn't be this invested in these characters cuz they're not real, but I was like enraged for them. Understood. Understood. Yeah, so you should watch it. It's streaming on the Netflix. All right, cool. It's a little long, though. It's like two hours, I think. Oh, God. I don't have that time. I know. Well, it was a commitment. I had to watch it in two settings because I had to make dinner. Yeah. Well, both of the movies we review this week were over two hours. Fucking A. Right? Jerk. 
You got anything else or is that? No, I can't wait to tell you my instant pick, but go ahead. Okay. (laughs) Um, All right. So I had a lighter weeks of watching uh, just between Olympics and Operation Kitten in Stairwell. I thought you had an operation. I was going to ask you why you didn't tell me. Find home for kittens. Which you did, right? Yes, we did. Yes. Adorable kitten in my stairwell of my apartment building. Somebody left him there, or he just is really good at breaking into buildings and looking cute and finding homes. So, uh, but yes, we found him a home. Um, So, as a result, my watching is pretty slim pickings, but we got a. This was after we recorded last time when I was like, I kind of want to watch The Cutting Edge, but I don't know The Cutting Edge. Um, So, the only other ice skating movie that was on Netflix Instant Watch was the remake of Ice Castles. Okay. Um, so for Ice Castles, for those who don't know, was like a 1981 or so, um, kind of like teenage-centric romance, I guess, um, about a young girl who's an ice skater who uh, like suddenly gets discovered, and but then she goes blind. It's sad. Oh, man. I know, it's ridiculous. But you might have heard, it had like a really famous theme song that... Um, a lot of people know called through the eyes of love because you know she's blind oh um, nice so there was a re- so the director who made ice castles just remade his own film almost shot for shot except for like again their cell phones because you know it was made in like 2005 uh-huh that being said i enjoyed it because i like ice skating and well, there you go what they what they do is the lead is an actual ice skater she's a figure you skater. you are the right audience for uh, this, this movie, movie then made for me and nobody else in the world other than like teenage girls i guess the girls who watch Hunter, a Haunter, Hunter, I guess. Uh, but the the lead is very is a figure skater, so she's fine on the ice, and she's actually you know cute and likable, so it was fine. But no, uh-huh. nobody nobody watch it, please. You'll just make fun of me if you. Well, I want to go like, watch it right now. Watch this and liked it, yeah. Um, <laughs> Excuse to, me. To restore my my cred, um, I then I've been putting <laughs> off the movie forever. Yeah, you better restore your yeah, cred. I know. Now I don't know about you. Right? Who am I? Um, I, when I first heard about this movie, I was so excited. I'm like, this is such a brilliant idea. And there are so many names that I'm really excited about this movie. And it was the ABCs of death. The anthology. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, which I haven't seen. So then what a funny thing happened, which was I tried to watch VHS. By tried to watch, I mean, I put it on, got tired and bored and hated everything after about 20 minutes. Oh man, I've heard, I've heard that. Yeah. And then like. A week later, I'm like, let me let me keep going. Let me see. And I kept watching it. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm still not giving this any of my time. Um, and then I read an interview with the makers of VHS, and I like some of them. And they kind of they the interview was so weird because they kind of like that what was brought up in the interview was so because they all made the film separately and put them together. Mm-hmm. And somebody brought up like, oh, so did you think it was you know what did you think of the fact that even though you guys weren't working together on these movies, they all kind of had the same themes of, like, men being bad to women and women kind of getting revenge. Like, kind of this whole idea of, you guys realize you all made kind of sexist movies, right? Uh Uh-huh. And they kind of even said, like, yeah, it was kind of weird to realize we did that without planning it. So we thought about it more for the next one or something. Regardless, it just put such a bad taste in my mouth of (gasps) how... Oh, that's so interesting. For some reason horror anthologies which used to be like my favorite thing have just become the easiest way for filmmakers to just make really misogynistic horror movies well let me pause you right there and ask you a question do you think it has to do with the popular slash working horror directors 
now or do you think it just has to do with the time in which we live? Because um, I feel like it's it's the people. I think it's the people. And it hurts <clears> me <throat> to say it because I've liked some of their films. Like, uh-huh. it's the whole, that whole crew that has done, I'm trying to, like, I know I'm going to mix up movies because they all kind of run together in my head. But, like, You're Next and A Horrible Way to Die and um, even, like, Ty West's name gets thrown in there. Like, a whole bunch of, like, young filmmakers who grew up with the same movies, really, that we did. Yeah. And there's, like, I don't know exactly what it is. And I, I don't know if it's more a sense of, like, oh, well, you know, we're... And I wish I could even... And I'm sorry, I can't even remember VHS because I just was so annoyed and bored by it. So you didn't finish it? No, no, I didn't. Okay. And it just felt like <clears throat> the segments I watched um, were just men being assholes and awful, and then a woman female character essentially like turns into a vampire and kills them all like and but it just it felt like there was so much meanness and just so much um about these characters that was just so despicable and it wasn't like oh no but don't you get it there's a comeuppance to it it's like no I feel like you're only you're only using that as an excuse to be able to do what you're doing yeah um so I really didn't want to watch the ABCs of death because what another thing that happened was um for the ABCs of death uh, for the sequel that I guess will come out probably fairly soon, they did a contest, which was really cool, and they did it for the first film, too, which was there was one letter that was just open to, like, fan submissions. Uh-huh. Um, so I think it was, like, the letter M for the sequel. And so there was a vote. I think the finalists were all put online, and then anybody could watch all the segments and then vote uh-huh. on each one, which I think is great. I think that's brilliant. I love the idea that it gives, like, a young, young filmmakers a chance to get their name in there and all that stuff. That's great. And I think it was um, it was uh, Stacey Ponder from Final Girl who had a Facebook status about how she watched a, like five of the entries and they were all the same. They were all just like women being abused. Like it was just so much violence against women in yeah. a non-ironic way that it's just left such a bad taste in my mouth about like these movies, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, and again, I'm saying this, like I, I watched my share of Women in Peril films and um, Dude, me too. Like this, it's a weird. I feel like this episode is going to end up turning into such a feminist rant. Once oh my! So wait, did you let me? Because you've you've talked about a bunch of different movies. I want to I want to backtrack. We talked about ABCs of Death. Yeah. Did you you finished it? Yeah. So ABCs of Death, I watched. I had to watch it in a couple installments because it's it's over two hours long. Yeah. Um, and it starts. It started out really strong. The first couple of letters. Well, the first one is the dude who did Time Crimes. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. And his is great. His is really funny and weird, and it just leaves you with like, oh my god, I want more of that. Uh huh. Um, I'm looking at the names now because oh yeah, there's some in here. Like um, Angela Bettis apparently did one. Yeah, hers is kind of like, meh. like, eh. Hers isn't um, anything special. Uh, the guy, one half of Dead Girl, which I know is a movie that's very divisive and that's for me a movie that I will defend to the death because I think that is a very um, a, a movie that people call misogynist without understanding that it's actually commentary on misogyny yeah uh, and his segment is D for dogfight and his was my favorite of the whole movie and I didn't know who he was I watched a segment like his segment and I'm like that and I really liked it and then later when I went through all the directors I was like oh and he did dead girl that makes sense yeah yeah um, his was my favorite there were some directors that really did interesting things um and then, like, it just, like, I got to, like, a certain letter where all of a sudden it felt like... Was it Adam Wingard's letter? Oddly enough, <laughs> I liked... Well, here was the problem. I liked his, because his was pretty funny, and his was kind of, like, 
um, a joke on the whole concept. And I, cause I, I, the only thing I've ever really, I mean, other than your next, I watched a horrible way to die, which I actually kind of like. Me too. Um, but he's got a, and I can't speak to it because I, there's so much I haven't seen. He's got a reputation for being the way you're describing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, his, and his segment had a, like a lot of the, the segments, there was so much female nudity where you didn't always need it. Oh man, everybody, like everyone is a dude. This is all dudes. Yeah, and I mean, I know like Angela Bettis was one director. I don't know if there were any other female directors. There might have been. There might have been. I went through it real quick. Yeah, and I think there, I think one of the French ones, there was like one French one that was just all like imagery and I hated it and I think that might have been a woman. Um, So it's not just like, oh, well, because it was all men directors, it was all violence against women. Like it wasn't that, but it did just feel like when you're given free reign to be like, you just need like three minutes, dude, just three minutes of a, of a horror movie. Like the easiest thing to do is like, all right, let's have a naked woman and let's have a dude beat her. But then in the end, let's have her get revenge or something. Yeah, because that's that's yeah. the thing. I mean, and like you said, these are mostly people of our generation. So they watch the same stuff we did, which is kind of that. Yeah, there were a lot of segments that just really felt like, I'm going to say gratuitous. Obviously, it was It was like, yes, it, like the idea was that you can be gratuitous because there's no real rules on you. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, like, there were still some that were just, like, really had my eyes rolling. But then one would come on that would kind of bring me back. Um, like, the, the fan segment, the one that was, like, the, you know, the civilian segment was tea for toilet and it was claymation. That one was great. That one had me laughing. It was gross. It was really funny. Um, so it's... It is worth watching because even the worst ones, you're out of there in three minutes. How was Ben Wheatley's? He did you. You for... You is for unearthed. Oh, I liked his. <gasps> He's my favorite. Yeah, I like I that one. It was, it was different. It was somebody... Awesome. It was him using it to kind of be like, okay, I'm going to try this for three minutes. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, his was good. Um, I could, I wrote, actually think I, cause I was gonna write about it and then I'm like, Oh, oh you should, you should, you should, you should, because I, I want to watch it now. I've put it off for so long and I'll, I want to watch it because you have such things to say. It's, I mean, cause I think it's fascinating because you're going to go through some letters and you're, and you're going to be like, okay, that's yeah. All right. I like what you did there. That's, and there's like, there's one that's like this post-apocalyptic action thing where you're like, wow, for three minutes and what and like well, I think it was like a five thousand dollar budget that's really impressive and then you're gonna have some that are just shit and yeah. some that you're like uh, this is uh, uh, making me a little angry so in the end it's it was I think a worthy experiment um I worry that the sequel is gonna be all it's just gonna be people outgrossing each other yeah because a lot of these ones were really gross too like there's one segment that's just about a poop Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, hey, we do it every day or so. Uh, but point being, like, I do worry that the sequel is just going to be, all right, I guess I got to be grosser and bloodier and everything else. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really looking forward to the sequel, but I'm intrigued and it it's worth watching. You don't have to watch all of it at once because it's you get to the end of a segment and then, OK, I'll get to the next letter next. Oh, Mookie, you have poop in your butt. That's nice. Um, yeah, so he was doing the, the scoop. That's always fun. Uh, he heard me talking about poop, so I guess he felt. <laughs> he had to come show you. Um, so yeah, it's on Instant Watch. So that's that was that. Um, I decided to lighten things up because I was, you know, in a dark mood. So I decided to watch the uh, Netflix. It's on Netflix. Instant Watch. Oscar nominated. Oscar nominated documentary film, The Act of Killing. 
Yes. I, that played it south. Family. That played it south by southwest. Apparently, it's the most amazing thing ever. I still haven't watched it. Uh, it's it's very good. It's yeah. very you know. It is about the men who participated in a lot of executions uh, in death camps and yeah. such in Indonesia. It is very hard to watch, um, but it is filmed in a very um, compelling style where you're you can. It's it's a enter. I guess to say entertaining makes me feel like a terrible human being. But it's entertaining in that, like, you don't feel like um, somebody's forcing you to watch it. Like, you're watching it, you're not, like, itching yourself. You're like, okay, I'm watching this movie. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not, the director is, he's not on screen in it, but you, you hear him a little bit. But it feels very much like he just let the subject matter go. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that's, and that ultimately was so fascinating and horrifying that he crafted it into a very entertaining and disturbing movie so worth watching it's on instant hmm. um i will look at it eventually yeah uh, uh similar in style of course would be uh the adam sandler movie the water boy oh yeah i've heard those um likened a yeah, lot yeah, a lot of him it's on netflix you might like you might also like um i had never seen the water boy brandon oh really i've never seen it uh brandon's a big fan of it uh-huh. And we kind of wanted like something light for the night, um, so we put it on, and it it's it's fascinating because they were on outside the cinema. They were talking a little bit about Adam Sandler movies and like just the the arc of them, and when you when you think of them, because it really like forced me to think of how much I love Billy Madison and I love The Wedding Singer, um, but yet I can't watch Little Nicky, and I, I I watch like five minutes of Jack and Jill. I'm like, even I can't do this, and I've yeah. I don't really like Little Nicky. Yeah, and just that question of what is it that makes them work? How much of it is Billy Madison connected to me because I was about 14 when I saw it, and it was just the kind of jokes that were so dumb that 14 year old me thought they were amazing. Uh-huh. But I don't know if I watch it now, it might really hold up. I'm not sure. Uh, and the Water Boy works because it's really sweet in the end which is the savior of an adam sandler movie it's why the wedding singer i think is like my favorite of his because it Uh has a really um sweetness underneath it and that comes out in the water boy too like it is ultimately and like it's nice everybody's you know nice to each other once yeah past things i can Um, agree with that yeah it's some of it's funny some of it's not very funny uh kathy bates is amazing and she's just yeah uh, so yeah, it was, if you've never seen it, you might, you might not find it funny. I think it's, it's so of its time, but there were, I chuckled a few times. So that was a water boy. Um, I was hanging out with my friend who has a three-year-old son. And after watching some figure skating, he insisted that we watch the bicycle movie, the bicycle movie. Now, Christine, huh. what do you think the bicycle movie is? Um, the most on the, most on the motorcycle. The mouse on the... Oh, no, it is not the no. mouse on the motorcycle. That's no, what I would call... It is the it. movie that got Tim Burton the directing gig for Batman, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh, my gosh! Yeah. That's amazing. Um, what's That's an amazing? awesome kid. Yeah. How, watching Pee-wee's Big Adventure with a three-year-old who dances for tequila and makes you rewind it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. kind of the cutest thing I've ever heard. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and it had been a while since I sat down and watched it from beginning to end. My God, I love this movie. Yeah, it, we were playing it on the TV at work for a while, um, and I would just stand it because I've seen it so many times. I can hear the delivery, yep. like, and and I would laugh at jokes just because I I you know what they. Yeah, and, yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, and it's one of those as hard a time as I can give Tim Burton of from for the last ten years or so. Yeah, when you watch 
Pee-wee's Adventure, you, you, you do say, like, okay, man, he is an artist. Yeah. Maybe he's gotten very lazy, but the dude made Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and nobody else would make that movie as it was. Uh, y'all be very happy about this. Uh, upon your recommendation, Mookie, leave your poop alone. I'll take care of it later. Mookie? He's trying to bury it, but there's nothing to bury it with. Hmm. I don't know if you ever go through this, but... Uh, Blackrock. <gasps> and? Um, I liked it. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, it's, it's not... It kind of feels like the director was... She kind of just, like, wanted to try to make... Okay, I'm going to make a, a thriller. Um, this is what I'm going to make. And I'm just going to make it as best as I can. Uh, the fact that... Um, it was, it's the movie that, like, it's impossible to talk about the movie without saying, like, okay, it's important to talk about because it was a female director. Uh-huh. Um, because that does make such a difference. Like, we're talking about the nudity in ABCs of Death, but then you talk about the way nudity is done in Blackrock, and it's exactly the way nudity should be done in these kinds of movies. Exactly. Where, guess what, if you went into the water and it was 20 degrees, when you come out, you're going to take your clothes off because otherwise you're going to die. Yeah, and it's not sexy, and it's not titillating, and it's not leering, yeah. Yeah, you're just sitting there naked because otherwise you'd be dead, and that's matter of fact. Yeah. Um, So, like, that aspect was, like, one of those things that you can't not notice. Um, Like, the dialogue and the way the characters talk to each other. uh, I know, because you had to address, like, is it hipster horror? Like, and no, it's not. Like, it's just the way people our age because they're really they're supposed to be like in their 30s yeah like, yeah if i went camping with my friends that's probably what we talk about and how we talk kind of thing. yeah especially because there was the aspect of them being kind of estranged for right. a while like there's a familiarity yet a strained kind of you know yeah. making small talk so it's a little awkward I'm gonna yeah like a lot but it like it felt believable i think that you know they could have done more with the villains and made them a little more three-dimensional uh, that could have rose it a level from to being something like really special other than being just, you know, a, a pretty sharp movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it is worth a watch just to kind of see um, like, you know, this story done through a female director's eyes. Because mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but it is important and you see the difference. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's one of, yeah, one of the... I, I I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. It, to if as a standalone film, if you, it's just like okay, this is this is okay, this is serviceable, serviceable. But it's it should be seen for other reasons other than like yeah. this is the best movie you've ever right, seen. Right. Yeah. Um, and then last would be last night to kind of cap off the week of Batman. Uh, we watched. I had gotten Brandon for his birthday <laughs> the DC animated The Dark Knight Returns. Hmm. Um, which was very good. I had read, um, we'll get into this. I, um, Brandon, my fiance, is a big Batman fan, you might say. Uh, so I kind of studied up this week. And so I read The Dark Knight Returns and then Batman Year One. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dark Knight Returns, the animated. That's so cute that he's getting you to read Batman comics. Because well, like, I never Oh, read. my. I know, I'm like digressing. And then the first thing, I don't know if you saw on Facebook, the very first thing when I opened Dude. up Dark Returns, there's a fucking typo in there. So funny. I laughed oh hysterically at that. I was so pissed off because, like, you have to understand, I was an English major. I'm an I'm a literary nerd. Like, I'm, I'm a copywriter. Like, and I, even all with that all being said, like, I am not the best at grammar. Like, I still make a lot of mistakes, both in speaking and writing, that I have to correct. But, like... 
all of these things probably added to why I never really read comic books. Mm-hmm. I was a bookworm. I was reading novels all my life and was very, very bookish. Um, nobody in my family read comic books, so it wasn't like that. And even though I had brothers, they didn't read comic books. So, like, I didn't have that culture. And I, not to say, like, I looked down on them, but I just never thought of any reason why I should ever pick up a comic book. Um, so to have this kind of, you know, deep down, probably some, like, you know, maybe blatant, like, latent snobbery back there. And I'm like, okay, but I know, like, I have heard so much about Dark Knight Returns. I know this is, you know, the epitome of, like, Batman coming back and everything. Uh-huh. And I open the book, and the very <clears throat> first thing I read is a misused apostrophe. Yep. Yeah. It's upsetting. Um, that being said, the Dark Knight Returns animated film is very good. It is very long, and um, I believe it was released in two parts, and you could see how it could very easily have been chopped. Um, but so sitting down to watch it, it's probably like two and a half hours or so, and it was Friday, which means like I'm in bed by eight o'clock on Friday. Uh, but it's very, it's very close to the comic, mm-hmm. um, so they put a lot in there that maybe they could have cut out. Um, but that being said, it was. It was cool. It was uh, it was neat. It was groovy. It was well, I'm glad you liked it. And pow, as the kids say. Do the kids say that? I don't, know. I don't think they do. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that was everything I got. The Olympics are over. After um, I did watch a lot of Olympics. Well, good. Somebody had to. Well, I think I think enough people did. Um, you know, the closing ceremony had giant animatronic animals on ice. It was, yeah, I kind of heard about that. It was probably even more horrifying than you could imagine. It sounds terrible. Yeah, in an amazing way. Uh, but that's, uh, so we good? Should we uh, move on to a little break? and then? I, uh, yeah, let's do that. We talked a long time about stuff like that. I know, that. despite none of us having a uh, big watching list. No. <laughs> we had a little bit of ranting to do about misogyny. I'll, we'll always fascinating. Tomorrow. Always fascinating. Topic we'll get to when we probably talk about Christopher Nolan. Hint, hint, mm-hmm. foreshadow. All right, so let's take a quick break. I can throw away Mookie's poop and we will come back with Batman Tim Burton style. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence.
Welcome back to 1989. Okay. What were you doing in uh, 1989 when this movie was coming out? Were you excited for it? Were you? Mm -mm. Nope. Nope. No, 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 sorry, Bob. We were both seven. Yes, we were. Um, I've never been a Batman fan. I've never been a DC fan, period. I'm a Marvel girl, right? I'm a Marvel girl. I never um, enjoyed Superman. I didn't see the Superman movies until very recently. Um, I, this was not on my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to sit in my backyard and cast an X-Men movie, okay. but, um, I had no idea anything about Batman. I learned about Batman from the animated series. Okay. Um, but that being said, I saw this movie a lot growing up and I had the Bat Dance single on cassette. Nice. Yeah, I got it. I'll put that in the show. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, I will. So you hadn't seen this. I had never seen it. I know. Crazy. I know, I know. Um, I I also was not a Batman fan. My only connection to this movie was my brother had a poster of Kim Basinger hanging on his wall from this movie. Um, the Like I said, I grew up, was not a comic book fan. Uh-huh. Uh, we, this, somehow, Batman Returns was on cable a lot growing up. Mm-hmm. So I eventually saw that movie just on cable one day and then would go back to it if it was on cable because I'd seen it so I could have it in the background. Uh-huh. Uh, I have actually never sat down and watched Batman Forever from beginning to end. Oh, man, I've seen it like 19 times. Oy. Uh, in the theaters? I saw it in the theater twice. Yeah, that was our generation. Um, I, I was obsessed with it. That was me. I guess we didn't realize that we had already met. No, we, we were a couple hundred <laughs> miles away, but... Uh, I had just, I, Batman Forever, I probably have seen the least of, actually, now that I've seen Batman. Uh, mm-hmm. I would, again, it's on cable, not as, oddly enough, Batman and Robin is on cable as much as Law and Order SVU is on cable. Mm-hmm. I don't Bat- know what it is about those rights sold cheap. Batman and Robin, I only recently saw for the first time. And yet it's always on. It's on TBS um, all the time. See, I don't have TV. Right, right. Um... I, did, I kind of avoided it because as much as I enjoyed Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, um, I kind of had already outgrown it, which, I mean, when you're that young, yeah. you know, time moves fast. Yep. And and I heard it was goofy, and then I just never looked at it. Yeah, it, and then you find, we talked about this a few weeks ago, and yeah, it is as bad, if not worse, than what its reputation is. Terrible. It really is awful. Um, now, so I had, you know, I did see... Batman Begins about a year after it came out. I saw it on video, I think. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, so then I did see the rest of the Nolan films. By that time, um, I was in a relationship with Brandon, who, uh, you know, kind of steered me a little bit uh, to some of the Batman stuff that I should be aware of. So since since then, I had read The Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. Um, I had read the novelization of No Man's Land, because remember, I'm a nerd. You are. I would rather read a book than a picture book, if you will. Well, uh, okay, from someone who does actively read comics still um, to this day, I and someone who is much more word-driven and story-driven as opposed to art-driven, um, you got to pick what you read because some of it, some of it is lacking in story and lacking in character. And I think, especially if you get back to the older, and by older I mean maybe like even pre-80s, right, right. You, you're lacking story. Yeah. Um, so it's tough. You got to find something because it's easy to get to get just a bunch of books that you there's nothing there for you. And as a woman, it's it's even more accurate. Certainly, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, I I have definitely probably been exposed to the the Batman that is right for me. And I mean, you know, 
I'm marrying Brandon, so he, he knows me Aww. pretty well. You know, he has a good idea of what I like. He's um, so cute! <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I mean, when he was telling me about No Man's Land, I was like, wow, that sounds really interesting. And he could have given me the comics and said, he's like, you know, they wrote a book about it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that sounds more for me. Um, but so for me, the hardest thing is just because I like don't have the history with comics, it, it, there's like a warm up couple of pages for me where it takes me so much time to figure out which which come which panels come first. Oh, that's so cute. And like, like, okay, wait, do I look at the picture first or do I read? Wait, is it the dialogue above the box or below the box? Like, and so it, it's kind of like a learning curve every time I open a book and start to read it. Um, so yeah, so just the universe in general. And now that being said, having read some of the like darker Batman stuff, um, I do find the character fascinating. I find the universe fascinating. Some things about it that, um, and probably in part because I kind of went backwards because the Nolan films were really probably the first time I sat down and watched Batman. Uh As a result, there's things about that universe, and it's the same for the comics really, that I find so much more compelling than the older school. So, for example, Commissioner Gordon is my favorite character in all of Batman lore. Mm -hmm. And in Tim Burton's movie, it's my weakest link because he's just not the Gordon I know, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So this was interesting to go back to 1989 um, when it was, this movie was such, was a big budget. Mm -hmm. It was very risky because there had not been, Batman was still Adam West Batman. Yep. You, You had in comics, he'd been darkened by this point, but to a general audience who was going to be, who you're selling this movie to you've got the comic book kids they're going to see it that's not your worry now you have to appeal to the you know friday night movie crowd yeah um, who who just knows adam west doing the batusi yeah and who knows yeah. michael keaton as you know mr mom and more of a comic actor um and he was not love beloved as a choice as an original choice because many fans back in the day were like adam, that's michael keaton's not batman He's yeah well i comics. still think that Oh, well. Um, See, I have to keep using this example because, um, and again, the same thing kind of happened to an extent with Heath Ledger as the Joker. Because when Heath Ledger was cast as a Joker, a lot of people knew him more from, like, a you know, lighter fare. Yeah. That's that's not the Joker. Uh, So, you know, kind of like to to play, I don't know where you stand on this, but, you know, all the people, and I'm not saying I live with one or not, who are very upset about Ben Affleck being cast as Batman. Mm-hmm. All I have to say is give the guy a chance. I No, I agree with you. Yeah. Hey, um, I don't know. I guess some people listen to this show. Um, hey, I um, <laughs> I have a boyfriend that really likes Batman. Um, ah. It's really weird. Um, so... <laughs> So, hey, yeah, that's a thing. I've like never... We're talking to these people. No, I, yeah. I, Oh, jeez. Um, so I've never watched these movies with somebody who has such an emotional attachment to this <laughs> character to the extent that things will be paused in the statement, yep. not my Batman will be made. <laughs> <laughs> so it really colored um, my opinion of these things. Um, yeah, there, and there are some things in this movie that, you know, the person I watch in the movie with is the same thing. Um, and the, I think the biggest thing for um, for my Batman fan uh, was that in this movie, and this is a problem I have with a lot of action movies, 
um, especially ones that are aimed very generally at a younger to whatever age audience, is uh-huh. the whole people dying anywhere thing. And in this movie, Batman seems to kill. Yes. Yeah, oh, oh man. Does Brandon <laughs> does, does Brandon have a problem with that? Oh, Brandon has a problem with that. Oh my God. Okay, uh-huh. so I watched this with somebody that has a big problem with that. Yeah, yeah. That was not something that... that not my Batman. Yep, yep, my yep. Batman doesn't kill. I think those words might have come out of Brandon's mouth also. Oh, oh my, that's amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and it, you know... It, but see, it's funny to me because um, for me, I know like Superman to me doesn't kill. Yeah. Like that I understand. Superman is above that. Superman is, he doesn't have to, blah, 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 blah. It's a, it's, and it's an issue that I, I have a lot of issues with Man of Steel and the further away <laughs> from it I am, the more issues I have with it. And I know that was a huge sticking point was the ending of that movie. Uh, but with Batman, to me, I understand that like that is a tenant of Batman, but at the same time, to me, like, I feel like there's room for him to kill just because he is the more flawed. He's a man. He is the uh-huh. only superhero who is, I don't know if he's the only superhero, but he is one of the only superheroes who is yeah, purely he's, mortal. He's a tentpole superhero who is just yeah. a guy. So yeah. to me, it does make sense that he would kill and then have, you know, regrets about it and change his mind about it and everything. But I think in this case, in this movie, it's just not... He just doesn't seem to have any worries about it. Yeah, it's very um, nonchalant. Yeah, and now to talk about... Okay, everybody, it's Batman, so you know it's about Batman. We don't need to do a synopsis. Oh, it's, a, it's about Batman, it's about guys. Batman. He's, you know, he dresses like a bat and fights crime. He's Batman. Uh, the Now, so we meet Jack Nicholson. Let, let me ask you a question about this. Cause Please I, do. I had a different reading. Okay, in the beginning, we meet Jack Nicholson... Uh, before he, you know, becomes a Joker. Spoiler uh-huh. alert, just in case you didn't know. Uh, before that, he is, you know, he's a criminal, blah, 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 blah. And Batman is chasing him down. Uh, he is chasing him in a warehouse filled with toxic waste, because I guess that's just a thing that happens a lot. It's- in Gotham, apparently. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, yeah, it makes sense, perfectly. Like, I, I was going to do that last night, but I was tired, so instead I watched Jeopardy. Uh, but Batman... Batman catches Jack Nicholson and kind of is like holding him. Does he drop him? I thought no, he just dropped no. him. No, he doesn't. I don't think he drops him. Okay. Um, and I even said this. I said, fucking Joker needs to calm down because Batman tried his best. Okay, see, I've just mis- misviewed it because I really thought I'm like, Batman did drop him in waste. I mean, that sucked. I don't I think I was he wrong did. About that. No, I really genuinely think he was trying to hold on. But I mean, you know, I'm not. The head of this, I don't know, I almost said the board of the directors. I don't know what's wrong with me. Not on the Bruce, the Wayne. Yeah, I did take a lot of aspirin. Maybe it's messing with me. Uh, So Jack Nicholson becomes a Joker in a scene that I just learned was um, one of my favorite Simpsons episode is when uh, the nuclear power plant employees go on strike. And then they for the dental plan. Dental plan. Lisa needs yeah, braces. D- dental, dental plan. plan. Lisa yeah. needs braces. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the scene where Lisa gets her braces on and the mirror. I always thought that was a Twilight Zone reference. No. Yes. It's Isn't that so funny? Reference. Did not know that. Uh, so Nicholson, who is top billed, you will note, despite the movie being called Batman, Nicholson actually gets top billing. He does. Look at that. He does. He also was quite savvy to say. All right, I'll do your movie if you totally film around me. Uh, 
And I think even in the IMDb trivia, they say that um, it was Nicholson basically made the shooting schedule around the Lakers games. Oh, nice. He's a big Lakers fan. Uh, so it was that. And he also took a fairly large percentage of the movie's grosses. Well, good for him. Pretty smart thinking, knowing that this was probably going to make a lot of money. Uh, so Nicholson's a joker. Uh, and so in this, you have Jack Palance is also your villain. Yes, which I forgot. Yeah, I love Jack Palance. He showed up. I was like, what? Yeah. He's in this? Oh, yeah. See, Palance to me, because again, like I grew up with City Slickers being on constant watch. Um, I just love him. I love when he shows up in things. And he's all whispery and he's always just whispering and sounding evil. Mm-hmm. And I love when you take a character that, like an actor like Jack Palance who plays such a good bad guy, but you have somebody worse than him because you've got the Joker. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then also in the mix is Kim Basinger. Oh. Vicky Vale. Yeah. Oh, you just shivered. Tell me about that. She's terrible. Yeah. Well, okay. <clears throat> um, I saw this when I was really little. And I never really watched it again in, as an adult. Now, Batman Returns, that was my jam. That was the one that I watched all the time. And I, I really know that movie. I have and nostalgia, that nostalgia was for it. more, um, I mean, it's campier. It's more Tim Burton-y. It's probably the start of Tim Burton being really Tim Burton-y. Yeah. And, and it has Michelle Pfeiffer being fucking awesome. Yeah, I really like that one because of nostalgia, but also because I really just like it. Um, This one, I don't have as much of that, Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like I have a lot more issue with it. I don't really like Kim Basinger in it. I don't understand her. I don't understand why she's so needy. I don't understand why she has all these weird expectations about their relationship after they just banged (laughs) once. Like, dude's a billionaire. I don't fucking care that he's Batman. He he has things to do. Right. He's got investments like, to make. Why don't you calm down, Vicky Vale? Um, I also really like the Time Magazine cover that says Picks by Vicky Vale. Don't really know if they do that. Well, I mean, I guess they would. I'm trying to think of, like, a comparison if it was, like... Uh, would they say Picks? Was it Bruce <coughs> Well, probably not Picks, but... Picks by Vicky Vale. Almost as big as the headline itself. Back then, who knows? That's true. Um, But you didn't find her to be like a a terrible waste of a female character. Uh, Well, here's the thing: you have to realize we're compare that. I watch this having previously sat through, not in the immediate uh, time frame, but having sat through three Christopher Nolan Batman films. Yes, but take that away. You can step back. I have faith in you. She was terrible. Compared to what I would have liked, yes. Oh, but well, yeah. compared to what I have come to expect from um, action or superhero films, especially made in the 80s, 90s, mm-hmm. uh, well, at least she had a job. At least she, you know... Oh, like, my God. Rachel Dawes had a job, too, Emily. Okay. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know how Rachel Dawes got her job, apparently? By sleeping with her boss in two movies. We'll, well get there. We will get there, because I have... <laughs> I have so many issues with how Christopher Nolan deals with women in the Batman films. Well, yeah. That it is very hard to... Um, uh, not hard to. It is very easy, I guess, to let Tim Burton off the hook for Vicky Vale. Um, I, th- I mean, I think other than, yeah, the kind of complaining, like, her, I think her and Michael Keaton do have chemistry. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, can, I could see that. I think from, like, what I understand, the script of this movie was such a mess 
that they were probably doing, like, they were doing rewrites every day. And uh-huh. so they were probably just improving a lot of their conversations and stuff. And it's, yeah, it could have been a much spunkier, more interesting, less needy female character. But she I guess was I just, just, she was just really needy. It was exactly what I said um, with Thor too. No, like, right. like, where have you been? Why didn't you call me? What's going on? Like, lady, oh, I don't know. I've been saving the universe. Like, I don't. I I know you don't know this dude's Batman, but he is a billionaire. He's got shit going on. I'm sorry, just to to say a lesson to the ladies out there and the men out there. If you sleep with somebody on the first date, you're you know. You're, you can't be expecting, like, that he's going to drop everything or she's going to drop everything. It's, uh, you know, it's fine to do that. I'm not judging. It's fine. But you've, you know, it's one of those things where you guys had a good time. There was a lot of wine involved. Yeah, see? I mean, it looked fun. The next day and get some things done. Give him a week to call back, okay? Yes. Don't be like, oh, I have these plans for us yeah. later this afternoon. No, make them, hey. make them need you. And the same thing goes for the men out there. You're and too easy, then it's, you know, we're spoiled. Exactly. Now, I don't want to write this movie a pass because it was 1989, but this was 1989. And Batman Begins was 2005. Yes, very, very true. And believe me, when we get to Batman Begins, I will have some things to say about the portrayal of women in that movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, yes, that is, it's problematic, sure, um, especially when, from what I have read in the Batman series, at least, and again, my very limited Batman experiences, there are some pretty kick-ass female characters in there. Yeah, you've man. Got, you know, you've got um, uh, Commissioner Gordon's wife. You've got Barbara Gordon. Who um, doesn't exist in, in Nolan's universe, but we won't talk about that. Well, it's a whole, whole separate thing. Um, so, I mean, you have, like, you have, you know, female cops littered throughout who a lot of times end up being important in Dark Knight Returns you've got Girl Robin like you have and again I don't have a vast knowledge of it and I'm sure if I were to do a like a big count I might have other things to say but like there is a wealth of really great female characters within the universe Mm -hmm. and you know the films generally choose to just give them a love interest yes which is which is very frustrating. But like, and that's the thing. I mean, from what I glean from Batman's history and that, from lots of ranting and, and stuff, is that um, Batman's motivation typically isn't a lady, right? But Ma- Batman, not that his motivation is a lady in this movie. A lady is here. Right. She is not necessarily his motivation. The Joker brings her in mm. to the thing, and that's kind of why everything intersects. That's another thing I don't get. Was yeah. she, like, the only lady in town? Why was um, wondering that too. Um, Joker into her, Batman was into her, and Arliss was into her? Yeah, Arliss was big into her. Like, was she the only one around? I didn't... Uh... I guess she was the only one that looked like Kim Basinger. And she did get to wear some pretty kick-ass outfits. Hmm. I, and I liked, I kind of liked that all of um, her outfits were white. Or like, just, there was a, a kind of, I liked the fashion going on. Uh, Michael Keaton at one point has a turtleneck tucked into jeans. Yeah, Gentlemen, no. Bring that look back, please. Dude, it was like a cashmere turtleneck, too. <laughs> well, he's a billionaire, of course it was. Well, that's true. And Levi's, yeah, he's a billionaire. Yeah. Well, see, the I like the look of this film, and it's not surprising because it is a Tim Burton movie. Uh-huh. Um, the look is great and is very important to it working. And I, I dig what they do where Gotham is essentially 1940s. 
the <laughs> yeah. things, the style, like whatever, even Excuse what me. Vicky Vale wears, occasionally there's a little bit of puffiness sleeping in. But no, her, no, she is the one that really, they come, they commit with all the background and side characters. Um, Batman's just kind of like neutral. I mean, well, Bruce Wayne's kind of like neutral, but she is super 80s. I see, but yes and no, they, they hold back on the color. The okay, styling, okay, that's true. You were, and it's the same thing now. If you were making, I don't know, like a woman is going to wear casual outfits, no matter what she's going to wear, it's really hard to not 20 years from now look at that and be like, yeah, that was 2014. I can't and believe so, yeah. I just Google image searched Vicky Vale. <laughs> <laughs> and her, like, at one point she's wearing kind of like an, like a sh- uh, like long sweater that seems to have shoulder pads, but it's like powder blue. So no, I mean, you're right. From being too 80s. You're right. It's a very neutral color palette, but um, her glasses are super 80s, and there's like a big puffy prom dress she wears that's super mm-hmm. 80s. Well, I get it, though. It was the 80s. Yeah, but but I think, I mean, it could have been worse, I guess. They, I think they did hold back just by kind of keeping the color neutral. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's like... It's impossible to, if you were putting somebody in an evening gown today, again, as much as we think, like, oh, no, it's, you know, it's going to be timeless. Um, no, 20 years from now, it's going to look like that. Oh, like, yeah. Like, something I kept reading about, like, wedding dresses was um, people saying, oh, like, oh, it's so funny when you look at, uh, you know, wedding dresses from the 80s and everything else. It's like, yeah, you know what, though? Like, right now, there's still trends. Like, 30 years from now, people aren't going to wear strapless wedding dresses or like, whatever the style is now, even if you don't think it's a timely trend, it is. That's what fashion is. There is no such thing as timeless fashion. Yeah. No, you're right. Okay, I'll back off of her. I mean, it but was just... a cashmere turtleneck tucked into jeans, that is timeless. I will give you that. It just really um, took me out, her her wardrobe. I just really didn't like her character. Yeah. I... yeah, I, again, I just, I've seen so much worse. So I think I was like, okay, they gave her a job. She's kind of mildly spunky mildly very mildly um all right we'll go with it but yeah it's still there's still so much more it's not glaring yeah compared compared to i mean even supergirl which was supposed to be a female powered movie was in a way more offensive than this one yeah yeah i can agree with that Mm -hmm. uh she does wear and remove a lot of heels i will say that is true. Like every single, she's wearing heels the entire movie and has to take them off quite a bit. I guess what it is with her is she's not, she's not what I want mm. in this character, but she's not, it's not like some someone intentionally, or it didn't, it didn't feel like an intentional like slight or like oh, she was just looked over because, well, why does she need to do anything? I think it was just, I need to make an accessible movie that... Right. I need I need a love story. Yeah, I, I need something... Women, to, I need to have the women come to this movie. I need the guys to be able to bring dates to this movie. Yeah. It, and I guess in 89, when you're really doing, you know, no one's doing superhero movies, you need that. You need to make it a movie first and then Appearing about... to the mass as you can. As And about superheroes kind of secondary-ish... Um, not secondary, but they have to kind of be on par. Right. By the time we hit 2005, you can fucking make a movie that's just Batman. Right. Yeah, you don't need... And I I mean, really, I think even that's something we could get in, we'll get into with Nolan. But yeah, you... Nowadays, you 
don't need the love interest in yeah. a movie. Um, but especially in this case, where you had the first in a while. I mean, you, you obviously had Superman movies being very successful, but this was Batman, this was different. And you, there are certain things they did that was very clearly um, measured, which was, we need a big star. Uh-huh. We need, okay, our big star is not necessarily going to be Batman. Michael Keaton was very was a very successful actor at this point, financially. But really, the star of this movie, to who they're going to really <laughs> put out there is Jack Nicholson. So you've got Nicholson, which who in 89 was e probably even more of a, like, broader appeal than he is today. Yeah. Um, okay, we've got, we need to, we're going to have a big soundtrack to go with the movie. So we'll get, we need a big musician to do it. Okay, Prince. There we go. We got Prince. We need, okay, now we need to get the women to see the movie. So we're going to give a love story and so on. You could see so many things about this movie that were very calculated, I guess, yeah. to make it a blockbuster. Yes. So the question kind of is, within that, does it work with those parameters, I guess, around it? Mm -hmm. um, and so there, you know, there are, there's, there are, there's messiness to this movie that you could see. Uh, something like Brandon pointed out that I didn't think of, but at the, towards the end of the movie, you have like the Joker is having a parade and all the shit's going down. And afterwards he asked me, he's like, so did you wonder where the cops were? I was like, I didn't think about it, but now that you mentioned it, yeah, where were the cops? And, like, you can tell, like, I don't know if this was in the IMDb trivia or what, but, yeah, there was a scene where the Joker basically poisoned all the cops and they couldn't yeah. come to the rescue that day. Like, you could see there's a lot of continuity. There's shortcuts. There's things that don't necessarily fit together. Um, it's not as tight a movie as it could have been. Mm -hmm. um, and a big part of that is... They were rushed into production, I think. I, I yeah. think there was a writer strike that I think affected things too. Um, and so, you know, you but you were still making a whatever million dollar movie this was. So within that, I think there are some things that are really cool and great. Mm -hmm. um, a Jack Nicholson I love in this. Yeah, um, for me, the Joker is obviously the strongest part. Um, I... And any, then anything surrounding him is the imagery that I really take away from this. Mm. Um, when you watch this a lot as a kid, like a young kid, you don't realize how much talking there is. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a very talky movie. But like it's, yet, it's not an origin story. No, which is, that's good. Good point. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah, it's kind of like, hey, this is Batman. This is what he fucking does. Need I say more? Um, you don't need to get into all that. Yeah. Um, so, but then watching it now, I, I still, I'm like, I don't ever remember seeing this. What I remember is I remember the Joker's commercial, you know, love yeah. that Joker. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. what I remember. I remember the parade at the end. Mm -hmm. I remember the things that are colorful. The museum um, massacre. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, but there's other than that, I like I don't know if a, like how much a kid could attach to this because like you show this to a six, seven, eight year old, there's so many muted colors and it's right. there's so much talking and you it's kind of nothing to latch on to. Um, and I think that's why those scenes stand out so much because they're so bright and so exciting. Right. And still within like it's not quite as calculated as the Dick Tracy color palette. Yeah. Um. 
but you still do have decisions. Like Joker is always purple and green. Everything mm-hmm. around him is that color. Vicky Vale is always kind of white or like a soft blue. Like there's still, um, you know, that kind of visual candy there, but it's so mild compared to what would come from the Batman series. Yeah. And I mean, that's a kind of, it's a for better and worse, I think in a lot of ways, because by the time you get to Schumacher, who's just blatantly like, all right, I'm just going to make this a visual circus. Well, and if you watch the, the, um, the special features on those two movies, especially on Batman and Robin, he flat out says the studio wanted toys. I had to make things that could be made into toys. And that's really fascinating. Definitely. Definitely. With this one, um, I mean, you, but yeah, the, it's just not as kid accessible, I guess. Yeah. And even, it's a good point. When you think about the villains, I mean, you have Jack Palance and Jack Nicholson. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, in the second one, you've got Danny DeVito, who, when I was seven years old, I knew who Danny DeVito was. Uh, and it's probably why I, you know, always, uh, you know, would watch Batman Returns if it was on TV. So, yeah, there is a lot in this that, as thought out as it was, it does today, you look at it and you wonder who it really will play for today. And especially when you kind of put it next to Nolan's Batman, where it is totally going for adults. There's no question about it. Batman, mm-hmm. the Batman, Nolan's Batman series is aimed at a mature audience. This one um, isn't, but yet then how do you account for all the people that die in this movie? Yeah. Supposedly the body count is 65, but I don't know if like, okay, the museum, are all those people dead? Um, I don't know. If not, that guy who, like, passes out in his cake might be suffocating. That would probably happen. I think if you fall into a cake, eventually the icing is going to cut off your air. Yeah, like, you can't breathe. No, no, you can't. Kids, don't try it at home. Trust me. (laughs) It's it's a question, because you have... uh, And you do. You have Batman killing people. Like, Batman's Mm -hmm. a killer in this movie. Um, but you also seemingly have a lot of innocent people just dying and stuff. Yeah. And so it's not really appropriate today for a younger audience. Um, but it doesn't go as dark as later movies would. And it's also, again, of course it doesn't. It was made for a broad audience. It was a PG-13 blockbuster in 1989. Uh-huh. They weren't ready to do that yet. Even though... But you still do have Jack Nicholson going as dark as he wants to because he's fucking Jack Nicholson. You can't tell him what to do. It's true. Even, uh, what was his, his little uh, henchman's name? Was it Bobby? Um, no. I, Bob, it was Bob, maybe just Bob. Bob. Yeah. I loved Bob. Bob, <laughs> when Bob was dancing in the parade and he had like a puffy 80s like Letterman jacket. Yeah, man. Oh, his jacket's awesome. I love that Bob. We need more Bob. Oh, Batman. Batman, man. Batman. So basically, my feelings on this is, um, even though this isn't the first time I've seen it as an adult, um, I always feel it's a little too long. Oh, yeah. Um, it, well, that's starting the tradition of Batman movies. It should have ended at a certain point, and it didn't. There was another scene. That, that end going up to the top of the whatever building that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, church, I guess. I don't know why I had such a fucking hard time with that. Oh, you yeah. know, whatever building that... Super vertigo-y, too. I never noticed that. That, Which is neat, but that did just keep going. It kept going and going and going and going, and I don't know why. <laughs> uh, one thing that did make me very sad was the IMDb trivia that revealed that um, 
Uh, Tim Burton's first choice for the Joker, Brad Dorif. Ooh. Oh, I know. Don't you want to live in a world where Brad Dorif got to play the Joker? Yeah. Right? I do, actually. Yeah. Especially 1989, Ooh, Brad Dorif. Yeah, when he's all young. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I wish. Oh, man. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, didn't, uh, you know, uh, you know. I maybe wouldn't have made as much money. Probably not. Yeah. And you know what? Our our current climate might not be the way it is with the um, inundation of superhero movies, which I'm fine with. It, yeah, this did. This is a influential movie. I don't know that the, like, I'm trying to think of like how influential in terms of like the beats and the style. That I don't know. Style, yes, because it's Tim Burton, who's yeah. You know, influence is very seen. I think, mm-hmm. but I think it's just less about the actual movie than the culture it was able to create. Mm-hmm. This movie came out, and you had video games, and you had Halloween costumes that year, and, you know, you had a Prince video, so you had, like, this movie is, I would say, and I, if I'm wrong about this, if somebody can think of another example, please tell me, but by 89, where Superman had kind of flamed out theatrically, this was the reboot of superheroes can make money. Mm-hmm. And not just make money as a movie, but will make money as toys and everything else. Um, so yeah, it's it's very influential for that. As a watch itself, there's elements that are really fun. There's elements that don't work, and then there's elements that have just since been taken and done uh, differently and darker and everything else. So it's uh, yeah, it makes for a, a time capsule in so many ways. Yeah. All right. Do you have any more to say, or should we rank it? Great. No, I think I'm ready. All right. So quality of film. Um, 6.5. I was going to go 6.75. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a lot of flaws, but yeah. for its size, I think, I'm going to still say it's better than average, certainly. Yeah. Um, Quality of life and survival by the film. Samesies. Yeah, I'm going to go a little higher because I'd never seen it, so there were some things that were just really cool for me to see. Mm-hmm. I'd say 7.25 on that, that front. Yeah, that's fair. I could go a little bit higher. Maybe I'm feeling a little, um... I did just watch Batman Begins last night, so maybe I'm just angry. Ah, yes. Well, uh, you know what? Let's talk about that. Let's go. Take a break. Oh, okay. I was like, right this second? Go, go, go! go. No, we'll take a quick break, and we'll talk about Batman Begins. Okay. Trust. I put this question to you Would you be with me? 
dredges of the 80s. We have, uh, you know, flattened our hair a little bit and uh, rolled down our puffy sleeves. You might have, but I didn't. Well, I never really can, thankfully. <laughs> uh, and we're here to talk about 2005's Batman Begins. We are. Now, did you see that? What was your first viewing of this? Theater? I saw this in the theater. Okay. Um, I saw it in the theater um, back in 2005 with one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was still young in 2005. Um we were young. Um, I had a friend that I had nothing in common with. That doesn't typically happen to me as an adult. Yeah. But when you're younger, you sometimes kind of hang out with somebody just because they're there. Sure. Um, we went and saw this movie together, she and I. Um, I hated it. Ooh. I hated it. She's like, how could you? It's the best movie I've ever seen. And I didn't understand. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Did you not see that weird tank that drove on the, the, the roof of that thing? What is what is this movie even about? So I got really grumpy about it. it took me a long time to rewatch it, mm-hmm. but I, I did, and I, I enjoyed it quite a bit more upon rewatch. Um, I haven't watched it all the way through in a couple years now. Okay. Um, I have different emotions now, but... Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I had a very different experience, because I watched it the first time... Um, on, on video, probably about a year after it came out, and I the first time I watched this movie, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I was just so involved in it. I'm like, oh my god, it's just like, dude, like the villains are actually scary. Like I'm there for this, and also, like, yeah, the, I love the cast. And I'm like, and even before I saw it, I'm like, oh my god, you've got Christian Bale, um, you've got uh, you've got Liam Neeson, you've got uh, Rucker Hauer, like all these names that really I know, so exciting about um, him so I loved it the first time, I had not then rewatched it until I guess was it last year or the year before when Dark Knight Returns was coming out, Dark Knight Rises was coming out mm-hmm. and so we cycled we watched all the first This and Dark Knight um, and it took you prep. three weeks to get through them because <laughs> they're so long they just keep getting longer they just keep getting longer, these superhero movies <laughs> um so, you know, rewatching it then was a little different, and rewatching it, you know, this week uh, in context of other things was a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. To now, did you watch this? Is now is this your Batman? Was one of those cases or no? Um, this is not. Um, and by me, I mean the person I watched it with. This is not my Batman. Um, <laughs> For a little bit different reasons, because this Batman, now, I know nobody needs a synopsis, it's a Batman movie, but no. this one is an origin story. Yes. Um, like, in the worst possible way. Well, see, <sighs> see, yes to me and no, because yeah, it is an origin story, but I, I like the way Christopher Nolan handles the time aspect of it, where it just kind of moves. Dude, that's exactly what I said last night. I said, I don't, I have a lot of opinions, but... Good, bad, or indifferent. It's it's edited together really well. The story is told really efficiently. The pacing to me, I really like the pacing. It at least in the first half. Good point. Yeah. It the does. Per, the pace. It's pacey. It's efficient. It gets yep. everything it needs to do done. Um, it's really it changes times and ba- flashbacks and and like dreams and whatever at really good intervals to keep yep. you interested. Yep. Yes. But then that's all the nice things I have to say. Wow. Well, I will say right off, um, after the scene where we flash back to when his parents die, Brandon paused it. He's like, I hate this scene. And I'm like, why? And then we watch the scene. I'm like, oh, you're right. 
Like, it's just that scene, for some reason, is handled so messy. Yeah. Like, it's, this is a movie that was interesting trivia tidbit, is that there was no second unit on this movie. Mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan directed every second of of Scream, which is very rare, especially for a big movie like this. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff yeah. happening. And you almost wonder if by the time they got to that scene, he was just tired. So he's like, so they were like, hey, do you think we need extras? Because they're in like a back alley. We need to establish it's really dark. Fuck it, man. No, just just roll. Just roll. It, yeah, no. And yeah, so like that scene's really just poorly done. Yeah. Um, and okay, do we want to talk about the women first? Do we want to just get through that? Okay, well, here's boiling under me. Well, let me let me quickly say um, one thing. Yes, not my Batman was shrieked multiple times during this, <laughs> but but it was less about the killing, which he does do, and more about um, my Batman doesn't do this for a woman. This is not why my Batman does this. Now, does he do killing? Well, yes. He, well, here's the, the funny thing: is the reason he um, <clears throat> essentially separates himself from the League of Shadows in the beginning is because he won't kill. Yes. He will not kill... After he, he blows up that building and, and kills a bunch of people. he building and probably kills, like, half the League of Shadows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that is problematic. Because I like the stand he takes, which is... Because the League of Shadows idea, and I haven't read anything really with them in it. I read the mm-hmm. Ra's al Ghul origin, but that doesn't really get into League of Shadows. Um, but the... Uh, like, that idea, which is, we are just like you. We also hate crime. We hate bad men. We, we seek to restore order and to wipe out um, the evil in society. Yeah. But we do it any way we can do it. If innocent people die, we don't care. If we're not sure if they're bad, but we kill them anyway, that's better for the greater good. Uh-huh. And politically, it sets up something really interesting. Because then Bruce Wayne is, no, I'm not going to do that. I live by, um, you know, society still has to make that judgment. There has to be a trial. You have to... Even if it's corrupt, you have to do, you can't just kill this man right here. Yeah. And it's good because it's also, you know, goes to his character earlier where he is about to shoot the man that killed his parents himself. And so it, it is consistent with the character. By the time you get to the second film, you see that start to change. And it's very interesting because then by the end of that movie, he's going so far that Lucius Fox is like, I no, you're, I don't believe what you're doing is right. I'm stepping away. So it, you see that kind of how he can fall into that same trap, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. I like the concept of it. Um, but the problem is, right, he says, okay, I'm not going to kill this man. And then he proceeds to kill half of the League of Shadows to get out. He is very blowy-uppy. Um, He's a big blowy-uppier. He likes to blow things up. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you, now these are not, again, this colored my viewing. These are not really my observations but they're valid observations from someone who knows what they're talking about um my batman doesn't get his gadgets my batman makes his gadgets um my batman is a detective my batman is the smartest man alive my batman doesn't do this for a lady my batman doesn't um like and it's true like it, it he's just like uh, he get he likes he gets a suit and he spray paints it. <laughs> That's kind of boring. Well, you know, you got. I mean, you know, you can't go out there with a yellow suit. It was That's gray. It. Work on him. But but I mean. But Morgan Freeman is so good in this movie. And he's so Morgan funny. Freeman is good in this movie. He's really funny in this movie in a way that I'm not used to realizing that Morgan Freeman has really good comic delivery. You need to see the Lego Movie. He's so Ooh, funny okay, in that. Okay. Okay. Um, 
I don't like this movie at all. At all. At all, at all, at all, at all. I think it's boring. I think it's poorly paced. There, It's so white that it disgusts me. They cut to the interior of multiple police cars, and I don't know, is it multiple police cars, or is it the same police car? Because they're all populated by middle-aged white men. That's a good so, point that I never thought about. What is going on there? Then I have no sense of geography in this movie. This, these are all my complaints, too. These aren't regurgitated complaints right, now. Right. Um, there's no sense of geography, not just within the fight scenes, but within Gotham itself. I don't know where anything is. So there's this island in the middle of Gotham yeah, where all the poor the people live. And I don't really understand that. Yeah. But show me something else so I understand where this is. But so all the poor people are ethnic, except that little boy from Game of Thrones who's <laughs> white. Tim Joffrey! So he's white. Um, well, come on. Do you really want to see um, Joey carrying around like a black little boy? But, come on. Exactly. It's so. It's so. The race thing really bothers me. There's more um, ethnic background characters. There's more ethnic background characters in 1989's Batman than there are in this. If you look at at any one given scene, there's like, I mean, and then I feel like I feel like, and this is another reason I don't like Christopher Nolan. I'm going on a rant, is because I feel like somebody i feel like he's been criticized for that and the thing with the women and then i feel like he tries to answer and compensate in a very offensive way like how do like, you try to because we're not women let's save the women talk because that i have a lot to say but how did how do you think he tried to compensate for in race um in the second one i don't think it's as Every scene isn't as permeated with white. Yeah. Um, there, like when you have criminals, like there's a mix in the second one, like on the yeah. boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, um, what's his face from the island is the that one dude. Um, uh, Michael Keaton <laughs> um, from the island with pirates. No, lo- um, the dude from Lost. Um, what is his fucking name? Uh, is in the second one. Um. Adebisi from Oz? No, he's not 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 the black dude. Um, man, I'm so this is what, great what, listening. What race are you trying to? Explain? I don't know what race he is. Dark Knight. What is his fucking character name? Oh god, I can't believe Dark Knight has a nine. Um, Nestor Carbonell. Oh right, 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 right. He's the, the mayor. Yeah, the guy with I the couldn't think. Yeah. I couldn't think of the mayor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like he's not white. No, but he's also he's, like, it's like when you need a, when you're casting like Nina Simone in a movie and you cast, um, what's her name? Zoe Saldana. Yeah. Like you cast the whitest black woman you can find for yeah. a mainstream movie. It's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to cast a Latino man who's kind of white. It was really not that Latino. Like it's but, that kind of thing. Yeah. The race thing kind of bothered me. I just, I don't, I don't like what Christian Bale does with. Batman, I don't... I This also got pointed out, like, I know you like the, um, the Jim Gordon character. Jim Gordon um, character. He's, like, really goofy and, like, and aw shucks in this. I think and, that's just because Gary Oldman's doing, like, a New York voice, and everybody who talks from New York kind of sounds aw shucks. But I know I'm going to point out when he gets in that weird car, car truck van tank, um, when he's like, I, oh, what's oh, this? Oh that my one gosh. line was so not from the right movie. Where he's like, I gotta get me one of these. Yes. 
that line does not belong in this. That line was there's a few been lines in like the that. Tim Burton movies. It does not work in this serious Batman well, movie, and it hurts. Well, there's that one, and another line I felt like um, with that is when what's his face is on the phone. Well, we have no one else to send in, and then like the bat tank. It's not a tank. I don't know what it's called. Um, like Batman. flies flies in the background yeah. behind him. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Really? That's what we're doing? Huh. Sorry. So, no, 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 please, please. Um, rant. I'm about to rant, because can I rant about the women? Uh, do it, man. Okay, I know that when this movie came out, the big complaint was Katie Holmes doesn't belong in this movie. Um, honestly, Katie Holmes is not the problem. The problem is... <clears throat> Let me first point out a piece of IMDb trivia about this movie. Well, I would love you to. Okay, so this is in the cameo section on IMDb mm-hmm. trivia. They talk about Lucy Russell has a cameo, and she was uh, the lead in Following, Christopher Nolan's first film. Yes. Lucy Russell plays a guest in the restaurant. You remember the scene when Bruce Wayne comes in with the models? Yes. Okay. She has the second most lines of any female in the movie. Yes. Um, his mother says one line. One line. And it's, are you okay, Bruce? Um, whereas his father has this scene, like, at least three scenes where his dad gives an inspirational speech about what it means to be a good person. Yep. Shortly after that, um, Michael Caine even says to Bruce Wayne, a good man made me responsible for you. Yes. Batman's mother is the... I was getting, like, the scene where um, we flash back and we meet Batman's parents, Bruce Wayne's parents. Yeah. I'm, like, watching it, and I'm, like, sitting there, and I start to, like, scratch my head, because I'm like, what? His mother hasn't said anything. Yep. And I start to write a note saying his mother has no dialogue. Oh, she she has has one line. One line. Yeah. And then she gets shot in the face. Yep. And I had to pause it at that point, because I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. His mother has, like... The whole motivation of Bruce Wayne is that his parents were murdered. No, his, he no, didn't care about his mom. His dad was murdered. His dad. That pissed me off. Oh, it's awful. Even, I mean, his dad saves him from the well. His dad wakes him up and gives him a speech, like, all the shit. And then the other, only other female character who has lines is a woman in a bar saying, like, wow, that Batman, da-da-da-da-da, that's it. Um, and then we have the Rachel Dawes character. On paper, sounds like a good idea. Okay, Bruce Wayne's childhood friend. Um, so you have, like, this is good because it gives you a connection. You can see where, logistically, why you would do this. Because you yeah. know, it gives you a connection to the legal system. Um, it gives you this voice of reason. Um, it gives, you know, a, a love interest. In the second film, it becomes more important. Okay, first of all, in terms of, okay, well, complaining about there not being enough women in the film... That character could have been broken up into two characters. That's one way to handle it. Um, but that's not the real problem. And Katie Holmes is not the real problem. The real problem is, was there any fucking reason to have a line that established the fact that her and her boss, a DA, a fucking DA and her used to sleep together or used to be a couple? Uh-huh. No, I am sorry. Okay? <laughs> I don't care what industry you, if you work in like the legal industry, if you work in any one of like, you know, where it's a government position, it's a high paying position, anything where you are like, it's a very politically uh, minded 
job and workplace. Uh-huh. It's not like you just sleep with your boss. And more importantly, in the second film, where, okay, wow, he improved it because he cast Maggie Gyllenhaal, who's more believable, delivering smart dialogue. No, that's that's very true. Um, there's... I don't like Katie Holmes just because I think... I think she's boring, yeah, and I, I don't I've think... I've never she, liked her as an actress. She's I'm not... I'm Dawson's Creek fan, and when I was, I liked Michelle Williams better. Me too. When she delivers her dialogue, it's... I, it's hard to hear her, not in a way like she's talking softly, but like her, her, she doesn't deliver it with any punch, with any emotion, and it just kind of floats past yeah. me. And yes, Maggie Gyllenhaal makes a much better Rachel Dawes. Cor- but correct. you know what Maggie Gyllenhaal's character also does? Sleeps with her boss. Yeah. I'm sorry, this doesn't happen. Like, and it's so offensive that... This is what he does with his one female character in the movie. And it's even more offensive in the first film because there is no reason whatsoever to have a line of dialogue that establishes that they used to be an item. Yes. No reason at all. Her supervisor could have been a woman and it would have been fine. The, her boss, who is, you know, the DA, essentially is just there to do some legal stuff and to make a point of, hey, Rachel Dawes, you're getting into some deep shit. You should be careful. I'm worried about you. Uh-huh. It's, you don't need to be having sex with somebody to be worried about them. Like, if one of my coworkers was going to do something, like, really dangerous, I'd be like, hey, don't do that. You yeah, can't, you I mean, die. you're working in, like, a high-stress... Yeah, a high-stress yeah. and highly political. Yeah, like, and you're you spending... A, it's an elected position. You can't be sleeping with your underlings. Yeah, just, yeah, I and, mean... And, I mean, and he does the same thing, kind of, in the, the third film... That was, like, the thing I was watching for with the third film. I was like, if he fucking has a female character sleep with her boss, I'll be really pissed off. Well, and what kind of what I was saying about him try almost trying to right his wrongs, I don't mean... That's a bad way to say it. But, like, I feel like he... The, there was an attempt to make the Catwoman character, like... Yeah, and an, I, apo- an apology for right. this, but she doesn't. It's not. It's it doesn't work. Really, like, I think Anne Hathaway's excellent in Dark Knight Return. I love her in, in that. But um, the character is... But the character doesn't really make sense in a lot of ways. But she's still just a sad, I'm, I'm doing yeah. this because I'm sad, Batman, please love me. Right. Like, that's all it is. And then don't even get me into Talia al Ghul. I can't say her name right. It okay. always comes up. I was, was oh. going to say, I didn't want to get into it because it'd be a spoiler, but... Oh, whatever. Uh, yeah, Everybody yeah, knows yeah, Talia al But even from the trailer, you could tell that's what they were going to do. Yeah, well, no, see, that was a cool thing, was because I didn't really watch any trailers. Um, I, I, that twist did surprise me. Really? Yeah, I had no idea that twist was coming. And I thought that was awesome. Because prior to that, I was ready to walk out of the theater after he makes her head of the Wayne Trust. And then what does she do? She fucking sleeps with him! She does! Yeah! So I was pissed, but then I'm like, okay, it redeemed it a little bit because she had ulterior motivations for it. Well, I, it was, it was, I thought like, oh, well, of course she's Talia al Ghul, but that's not, I just like, was like, oh, okay. But it also got brought up to me like, well, she's not a white woman. What else would she be doing in that movie? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't even yeah, think that cynically. But, okay, spoiler to Batman Begins, which again... I feel like everybody's seen it because, I mean, it was like one of the biggest movies of the year. Um, Liam Neeson isn't really, isn't a non-white man. No, no, no. He's, he's white, but I, uh... I know, I know, honey. I know. I know. Um, 
Sorry. Uh, that is another thing I do really like about this movie, though, about Batman Begins, is Liam Neeson's twist. Yeah. Because even though I didn't know that's what the reveal would be, but uh -huh. um, I didn't see that coming, and that did surprise me. And again, he's Liam Neeson, so he's fucking awesome. And I like that. This is something I didn't know. This is something Brandon told me. His When you first meet him, and you meet him as Henry or Henri Ducard, yeah. um, that that is a, a character in the Batman universe. So, I don't think I knew that either. Yeah, so if you were a Batman reader, you would not think to suspect him of anything. Yeah, that would be somebody. Yeah, yeah so I, I do like that. Um, and again, the, the twist of this movie I like. I think that some of it's really scary. I love... Killian Murphy is just having a ball. Oh, he's great in he it. He's amazing. Because he, he's so weird looking. He's so skinny. And he has those scary blue eyes that he makes such a great crazy bad guy. Um, I like that the bad guys keep piling up where like first you think that um, what's his face uh, Tom Tom what's his name does the Falcone I forget what his name oh. is in real life in real life I don't know his real Tom name something um, I like that at first he's the big Tom bad. Wilkinson Wilkinson that's it he's your big bad and yes. then you think Scarecrow's your big bad but then there's somebody else who's your big bad I like that I like the kind of piling up of villains that's just something that I find amusing uh -huh. just that kind of like there's always a bigger fish thing um the uh the, oh that was something we didn't talk about in the in Burton's Batman I fucking hated the reveal that Joker spoiler alert to Tim Burton's Batman that Joker was the guy that killed <laughs> his parents <laughs> Hate yeah, hate it is. It is terrible. Yeah. So in this one, it's just Joe Chill is just a you know nobody, which is as it should be in my limited Batman universe. Yeah, romance, that's how I feel. So that you know, um, I I'll fight you on it if you want, but I love Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon. All I right. Love the character. Uh, it's I love the character in the comics. He's he's just who I gravitate towards because I like that he is um, he is not perfect. He, you know, he has his flaws as a man, but that he is ultimately just a good man trying to do what he can. And I Which, think he's yeah, so that's good in the part. I and, just don't think that they, I think they make him kind of a doofus in these but movies. But I think they, I think that is something else that they kind of write in the second one. I, okay, you know, honestly, it's been a little, yeah. little while since I've seen it. But. I feel like in part two, because um, part two, Commissioner Gordon has plays a heavier part. And I do think from what oh, I Oh, yeah, because that's the big fake out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. And I remember when I watched it, I think I, I don't know if I cried, but I was like, no! Because I don't want to live in a world without Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> um, so that was, uh, you know, that's something that I really like about the movie and like about the series as a whole. And that is the scene in the third film that did make me cry, is when uh, Batman says to Commissioner Gordon, you know, there's, you know, sometimes you can just be a man who gives a little boy a coat. I'm going to choke up now because that moment really got me. Oh, you're so cute. It got me. I can't help it. Uh, I like that Christopher Nolan, like me, seems to like setting his movies in the Arctic at times. Ugh, I don't. Oh, really? I, ugh, Christopher Nolan is so heavy handed and so unsubtle and so repetitive in his themes it about is, how women are awful. Well, Please. yeah. Also, and I have to keep, I can't go on my fear rant without mentioning David Goyer, who I also don't oh, like. Yeah. And people can get mad at me for that all they want. Nope, Guess what? Either. Guess what? I like the Blade movies too, guys. They're fun. I don't like David Goyer, though. He needs to stop. 
Man needs to be stopped. You know what the problem is? The same four people write every superhero movie. Fucking lay off, guys. David Goyer looks like a douche, too. I don't... If you watch the Blade 3 special features... He much uglier. He looks like a douche. There's a... There's a... I think it's the Blade 3 special, special features. There's a, there's a special feature. Do you own Blade 3? No, I borrowed it from Erica, but I never watched it. Uh, oh, well. Um, there's a, a feature where he interviews himself. Oh, God. He loves himself so much. I, I, I also really don't care for him. Although, huh, he did a lot of work on, apparently, Puppet Master movies. And exactly. Like, okay. there's, there's the Puppet Master stuff. And like I said, I really like the Blade movies. But there gets to be a point where you're like, hmm. What did he do? He was the one that directed The Unborn, right? Is that it? Yeah. I, I yeah, love I think that so. he directed that movie because I remember when that movie was advertised. It allowed them to say from the creator of Batman. Yeah. Which was well. Hilarious. He did create Batman, um, but the themes in Batman Begins, it's kind of like, somebody was like, all right, what's this movie going to be about? Well, it's going to be about fear. Let's see how many times we can say fear in this movie. Yeah. Or afraid. And or, why are, if your kid had a bat phobia, why are you going to take him to an opera about bats? Um, I'm not a parent, but I would not do that. Also, my Batman didn't leave the theater because he was afraid. My Batman saw Zorro, and my Batman <laughs> fucking loved it. <laughs> So, apparently, um, that wasn't right, I guess. <laughs> so, there was negativity from all sides. I felt a lot of negativity, and mm-hmm. there was negativity in the room. And Now, um, the one thing I have always been sad about regarding this is that uh, the original person that was supposed to direct the rebooted Batman of the uh-huh. 21st century, Darren Aronofsky. <gasps> I think I did know that. Yeah. I, I don't love, which I don't really like him, but I like him more than Chris Nolan. I, I mean, I, I don't love everything he's done, and I think Noah looks like hilarious. Yeah. And I don't think it's supposed to be, but I really. Like <laughs> That's not a comedy, you mean? Seriously. Have you seen the trailer? It just absolutely. So I have. Yeah. It's and it's a shame. Like he's on a downward spiral, it seems. But yeah. I feel like at that era, two thousand five, a Darren Aronofsky Batman would have been something special. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I I do think as much as I have a lot of problems with with Nolan's with Nolan and with Nolan's universe of Batman, mm-hmm. um, and it's hard now on one hand because then I look at like Man of Steel, which is what it is because of Nolan's Batman. Yep, you could kind of say that though for any superhero movie made after two thousand five. Um, at the same time, I do I am happy to have this world of Nolan's Batman Mm -hmm. Um, because I think there were a lot of directions for superhero films to go in Um, and I mean the pressure on this movie wasn't the same as 1989's Batman it wasn't like if this movie flopped that you would never have another Batman movie that's not true because look at Superman Returns Superman Returns was a disappointment and eventually we had another Superman movie it just took some time and for the tide to change and then we had one that was bad in a different way than Superman Returns. Yeah. Um, so, but with that still, like, I still enjoy, I, I've only seen the third film once. I would like to rewatch it eventually. Um, Brandon doesn't. That's, he, in his world, there are only two Batman films. Mm-hmm. Or three now, if you count uh, the other one. Um, but I, I do enjoy his take, and especially to then look at Dark Knight, where he does craft uh, he gets he gets much better at a lot of it um my my lingering problems are problems that 
are not addressed because it's for other reasons, which is really the way women are portrayed. Um, the length of these movies having to always be epic when they don't have to be. Mm -hmm. And even in, when Dark Knight came out and everybody was like, this is the perfect movie. I remember mm. still thinking like, there are 10 minutes in this movie. I don't know where they were, but somewhere in this movie are 10 minutes that don't need to be here. Cause I'm ready to leave and I'm liking what I'm seeing, but I know that I shouldn't have been here this long. Yeah. You are much more forgiving oh, of I these am. movies I than do, I am. I enjoy watching them. I do. Um, and again, I'm going to leave off the third one because I haven't sat through it again. But I do. I get caught up in this universe. I think this well, is effective filmmaking. To be there, sure. it's a no. And you're completely right. It's effective filmmaking. Christopher Nolan is a good filmmaker. He is an exceptional filmmaker. He is not a good storyteller. Right. And. Working with someone like David Goyer, who I know I have a lot of problems with, um, is not the right mix for him. Uh, because I think Goyer is such a, like, slick, kind of, um, like, what's the word? Like, I feel like he's very bro-ish when it comes to this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you clearly need one other voice in this mix. And I don't know whose voice that should have been! But there is <laughs> that other viewpoint missing that, yeah. you know, I mean, when to sit back and look at your movie and realize that you have only, you essentially have one female character in your movie and you're trying to portray her as being smart and career minded and altruistic. And yet you just decide to also throw in the fact that she slept with her boss uh, it's just, to me, it's hugely problematic in the 21st century to have that in your film. Uh-huh. And then you do the same thing in your next film. Yes. So it's, yeah, it, that really does hurt the film for me. And sure, there are other little things of, like you're saying, I'm not really sure what's going on in the end, and there's a gas release, but is it, like, only killing, is it killing people, or it's not killing people? I don't understand how you can re and release a gas, but it only seems to affect one part of the island when isn't there wind doesn't it blow it away anyway um but, yeah but all those things being said i'm still caught up when there's a chase scene and all the shit's going down and they're on a train like it's a good action movie this the stuff is good and i think it does i i like the i i'm not and i i haven't watched dark knight in a while but i do like where they start with bruce wayne and batman I like the darkness there. Yeah, I guess the fear thing is a little much. Um, but I like this as the sort of start to it. And then the next one, you get deeper in a different way. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a much more successful movie for me, obviously, than it is for you. Yes. I think that the, I think that the Rachel Dawes character is awful and offensive. Yeah, it's very problematic. And not just for the reason that you said. She's really toying with him. She doesn't ever say what she means it really gives it's really a bad um interpretation of what a woman is like like when she slaps him in the car that really bothers me yeah. like like no don't you can't hit somebody Nothing. that's what it feels like yeah it's not cute like don't why do men paint such unflattering um, pictures of women and then have their male protagonists want them so much. It really gives women a very conflicted view. Well, it's because it's such a problem in so many movies. Is like, I always 
call back to the nagging wife character as my mm-hmm. least favorite female trope in movies. Well, yeah. And um, I can't think of a recent example, but I remember back on Girls on Film, we were talking about Ip Man. And it was just like, no, dude, he is. Like, this is what he does. You wouldn't have married him if you didn't accept this part of him. If it was such an issue, yeah. yeah. And so then, but yet... You're a female character in a movie about a male hero, so therefore you're just going to be whining about it the whole time. Mm-hmm. But and it, I hate that every movie has to do that. I don't like that either, but in this one, and, and this happens, you know, often enough, It. why does he then want to be with her? So as a young woman watching this, you get this very unflattering, wishy-washy, not really saying what she feels, super judgy, yeah. slappy lady that, like, this dude's into like this awesome dude and so as a lady like what does that say like should i be that awful judgy bitchy lady Mm. is that what guys want is that what guys expect it's this weird snake eating its tail thing yeah very much it just it feels like like primarily what that character is there for other than romantic interest is to be this sort of voice of morality but the morality is so heavy-handed and and yet not like it's so heavy handed of like what do the people do, what do the people of Gotham do when the good men do nothing? Yeah, Which, like you need that sentiment, but you don't need to say it that way because nobody really says it that yep. way. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. We're but, on the uh, same page, man. We're I on the same so. page. Yeah, we are. I think uh, for me, I think just the um, the filmmaking uh, works overall where. As much as I do have huge issues with some of the details and underlying issues of the film, uh-huh. um, I still think it's a good, effective uh, superhero movie that sets up a lot of interesting things. And now I do want to rewatch Dark Knight and see where I stand on that. So, uh-huh. All right. So you want to rate it, shall we? Sure. Um, as a film... Um, I mean, I'm going to go higher than I would have probably. Because, I, like I said, I think this is to sit down and watch this movie is a very effective movie experience. So I'm at uh-huh. 7.25. Okay, so this is as a movie. Yeah. Um, this It's not fair for me to give it two movie grades. Um, <laughs> as a movie, I'm going to give it a 7. As a, as a, but that's not my real grade. I, I know that he's, I know that he's a good filmmaker. Um, he, yes, he's a good filmmaker. He just needs like a, to take a couple of like women's studies and writing well, classes and stuff. Even just, he just doesn't know how to, it's been pointed out to me that I will forgive a lot for a good character movie. Okay. Um, he gives me nothing in that regard. So I'm just not really into what he's offering me at all. Um, he, there's nothing there character-wise. It's a compelling movie because he knows how to put together a movie. But to me, that doesn't make a good filmmaker. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, but I, I can admit that it's... A, I mean, I'd be an asshole if I was like, this movie's stupid. I right, hate it. Right. One. This is not because- birdemic. Like, I know that it's well put together. And I even said, I paused it, said out loud, wow, this first half of this movie, the storytelling is very efficient, and I applaud him for that. So I have to give him credit for that. But that's where it ends. Okay. 
<laughs> um, life grade, enjoyment grade, and such. Uh-huh. Um, this is so hard, because like I said, I for me, I still enjoy watching this movie. I just get really angry about things, so I'm just going to say seven for that. Because I do, like, if, this is probably one that I would rewatch even more than Dark Knight, just because I like some of the, like, action-y sequences. I mean, it makes me really mad, but then uh-huh. I, but it also allows me to explain why it makes me mad. Which is nice. And I feel like this is the kind of movie that would be very easy for a lot of, a lot of people in the world who are not ever thinking or noticing, like, gender issues in a movie like this. Uh-huh. Like, if I'm watching a Batman movie, and I'm Joe or Jane, everybody, uh, I am not watching it to think about, how does Christopher Nolan portray women in this movie? But I feel like this is such an important movie to be able to pull out and point out to someone who watched it. It's like, no, that was a great Batman movie. Yeah, it was, but I really hate what he does with uh, the Richard Doss character. What do you mean? Well, let me tell you. Like, it gives me the opportunity yeah. to kind of point out something that I think is so easy to overlook when it's in a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that, I'm also going to give it a seven for that reason alone. How about you? Four, 4.5. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't like it at all. That's okay. That's okay. No one's judging. Okay. Thank you. It's that. Yeah. All right. Send your hate mail to uh, well, Christine Makepeace. I'm going to put a, I want to put a thing up in the Facebook group as I want to know what people think, yep. because I know a lot of like novice film fans. It sounds so pompous. I just mean <laughs> people, I just mean people that like, like movies and go to the movies a lot, but like, don't really, they like what they like though. It's hard to explain, but like casual film fans, I guess okay. I should say, I know a lot of casual film fans that this is one of their favorite movies right. or this is their favorite franchise. And if you go on IMDb, they have crazy high grades. Yes. So I just, I'm curious what other well, people, like-minded people think. Two things to that. One is that, and this is a, this is a sweeping generalization, but I think, um, a lot of the people that go on IMDb and review movies like this are young men. Yeah. Who are very much going to love this movie, especially if you're young now, because this is your generation. 20 years from now, it'll be really interesting to see how this movie holds up. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the other kind of casual fandom thing that I think is interesting is I feel like this, where we are today, if you try to think of like working filmmakers that are going to be the great filmmakers, that 50 years from now, you're going to look back and say, like, who are the Hitchcocks of our time and everything? Like, Christopher Nolan keeps working his way into that conversation. And to some people, he is that conversation. Christopher Nolan is the future of filmmaking and is the best working filmmaker today. Yep. Um, I mean, I think he is, you know, he is in your top tier, certainly, in some ways, but in so many other ways, not. Um, But I think that's also part of it. Is I think, and it's exciting that a lot of people probably left Dark Knight, maybe not this movie, but Dark Knight... Um, feeling as though they saw one of the great movies of our time. Uh-huh. Uh, it might, that might be the case. I think Dark Knight is a, a very strong movie. And I can understand that being in anybody's top ten, easily. I certainly can understand, if you're a comic book fan or a Batman fan, certainly I think it is very, very much a, yes, this is where maybe what, what your Batman is. Um, but... I'm not ready to, and even though like Prestige is one of my favorite movies of the last couple of years, because I just think it's the filmmaking is so good. 
Um, but Christopher Nolan needs to resolve some of the issues I have with every one of his films before I can bestow that upon him. All right, fair enough. You're very forgiving. You're a very forgiving lady. Well, I just, you know, I, I want him to make it. I want him to see the error of his way and, and come out with a movie that's like, yes, you got it. You finally understand. That would make me happy. All right, sure. What can I say? All right, so shall we leave the Batman universe behind? Oh, I think I'm ready to. All right, we're going to look forward first to uh, Instant Recommend. You were very excited about yours. Yeah, I watched something that had been recommended to me, um, and I fucking loved it. Um, It is called Violet and Daisy. I've heard of this, but I can't think of what it is. It's, um... It's got Hannah in it. I'm not going to try to say her name. Oh, Ashley, Han- Hannah from PLL? No, I wish. Oh, no, Hannah, f- Hannah. Hannah from the movie Hannah. Um, oh, And um, Alexis Bledel? Yeah, that's her name. I don't have any Gilmore Girl connection, so I don't know who she is half the time. Right, girl from Sin City. It's easier. Yeah, there you go. Her, um, James Gandolfini is in it. Okay. Um, it is... So fucking good. I cried like a crazy person. Um, A few people had said, you'll probably like this. And I was like, all right. I am so pleasantly surprised how much people seem to know me. It's really (laughs) flattering because I get recommended these amazing movies. Um, And it was directed by Jeffrey Fletcher, who wrote, who adapted, I guess, the screenplay for Precious. Oh, interesting. Um, I guess. Is that what he did? I don't know. Yeah, 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 he did. He did. He won. Okay. He, I guess he's the only African-American to ever win uh, a screenplay Oscar. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I was doing some reading on him. It was a while ago because I watched this almost right after we recorded okay. last time. Um, I was doing some reading. It was really interesting because it tied into kind of us, Lee Daniels talk and right, stuff. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, he wrote and directed this movie. Okay. Emily, it's so good. I'm intrigued. I've, I remember hearing about it, but I, it just kind of came and went, so I never it, looked into it. Yeah, it was, it's like sometimes I feel like movies aren't for me. Right. Like, very rarely do I go like, this is a movie for me. Yeah, yeah this is one of those. It was okay. so good. Nice, nice. I'll check it out, definitely. That, that's the Orsi Ronan and uh, makes excellent choices. When She's so interesting. And it, after I watched this, it kept recommending um, Byzantium. Is that how you say Ooh, that I movie? I can't wait to see that. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's raving about that. I didn't know if you had seen it because I'm very excited about it. I didn't know anything about it. Um, it's very and, near the top of my queue. I'm just waiting to get through movies that I have to watch first. Yeah, I kicked it up to the top of mine. I, I'm very excited to see it now. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, she's kind of like we were saying that Mia Wasikowska. Yeah. Just so great to see a young actress who is picking such interesting films to do. Absolutely. Yep. All right. My uh, instant recommend, um, Confession. I haven't finished the film. So for all I know, if it ends with, you know, I don't know, like a tentacled octopus eating everybody, it will obviously be the best film ever. Uh, The movie I started watching today and was very intrigued by is called Last Dance. It is a documentary uh, about Maurice Sendak, who wrote Where the Wild Things Are, Yes. Uh, I guess a couple of years ago, he was working with a ballet company to adapt one of his like children's books into a ballet. 
And it's like a very dark children's book. Like there's Nazis and stuff like that. Um, but so the movie is just really, so far it's just kind of been like interviews and really just like filming rehearsals where it's him and like the artistic director and the choreographer and these dancers. And it's just like you have a, a writer, an author uh, who is not familiar with ballet. Uh-huh. And then you have this ballet company. So there's like this, this mi- natural like miscommunication where Maurice Sendak is seeing things from this certain, you know, point of view that doesn't necessarily translate to the art of ballet. But yet the whole point of this collaboration is that, you know, you're like kind of mixing. So it's just real, like, I'm finding it really fascinating to hear that these conversations where you just have, um, like, and, and also like, if you're interested at all in ballet, like I'm not in like the actual, trust me folks, you're not gonna see me in a tutu, but, Ballet is really fascinating just to watch the discipline of it and to, when you actually are seeing the development of it and just good ballet, it really mm-hmm. can be fascinating to see like how disciplined these people are. Um, and so this is just very much a, if you're in the mood for kind of a like artistic conversation movie, uh, this is kind of fitting that bill. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it's not gonna be for everyone. But it's just sort of a, like, I kind of just want to throw in a documentary that's just kind of talky and maybe has ballet dancers doing stuff. Yeah. It's it's worth checking out, I think. It sounds good. I'll add it. All right. Now we have an exciting announcement for our We do. Show. We do. Uh, as many of you know, um, I do slash did a podcast called GleeCast with my co-hostess and dear friend Erica. Um, we eventually stopped doing Gleecast was originally founded as a podcast about the TV show Glee. We eventually stopped talking about Glee, which makes it kind of hard to still be called Gleecast. Uh, so we were just doing movies and it just kind of, you know, as things happen, kind of flamed out because I think our initial listeners were listening for something that we were no longer delivering. Uh-huh. Um, so we kind of started transitioning over and you folks at home have heard Erica on our, it was on our Thor Supergirl episode. Uh, Erica was our guest star. And so one thing that we had started doing was we started doing the Fast and the Furious movies, of which Erica is a big fan. I'm not, but anyway. Uh, So our plan was we were going to do all of them, but since then we've kind of unofficially, we should officialize it, but we just haven't yet, um, retired Glee cast, if you will. So we are going to instead be beginning a um, new series in Feminine Critique where we're kind of merging worlds, if you will. And we are going to have some episodes that we'll call, you know, the Glee cast and the Furious episodes, if you will. (laughs) Um, Where So we're going to, Erica is going to come on as a semi-regular guest host. Um, Hopefully you all welcome her. Uh, And so we're going to start with the next episode we'll do. Now, Erica and I had already done a Glee cast episode on the Fast and the Furious. So so everybody's going to have to go listen to that. You can go listen to that. And we are just going to keep on driving those muscle cars with Too Fast. Too furious. Mm-hmm. Those are letters. and they're go- they're gonna let me talk about it too. We are. Christine has to first watch the first Fast and the Furious movie because I've never seen it. Or watch Point Break and just pretend they're cars. They're you know instead of surfing. They're I already watched Point Break and I don't want to watch it again. Please. Fine. Um, there is no James Legros in Fast and the Furious. I think, which is very. Boo. I know. Uh, but we realized obviously we have to pair it with something, and no. Fast and the Furious series is known for a few things. Christine, you haven't seen any of them, but what do you know about the Fast and the Furious movies? Vin Diesel's in them. Yeah. 
Except guess what? Then he, he stops being in them, right? Well, no. Well, sort of. I don't know. I don't know. He's in all of them, except for part two. Okay, well... Because after he did so big and Fast and Furious, he was like, I'm a star. We're going to go make Triple X, which you can hear a review of on The Gentleman's Guide last week. Uh, so, and so he sits out for Too Fast, Too Furious. Now, we can't do a Fast and the Furious show without some Vin Diesel, am I right? I guess. So we I don't really, I don't really like Vin Diesel. Oh, this will, this will, okay. I, I know. I'm kind of mad. I don't have a strong opinion on him either way, but, um, we decided to balance out the Vin Diesel quotient with, um, his other best known movie, right? Yeah, um, I guess. Yeah, I think when you think Vin Diesel, after Fast and the Furious, you're probably like Saving Private Ryan. I didn't know he was in it. Everybody's in it. James LeGros is probably in it. I hope so. Every in the world was in that movie. It's been a long time. Um, Or if they weren't in that, then they were cut out of the Thin Red Line. Whichever. Whichever. Um, So, yes, um, Too Fast, Too Furious, Saving Private Ryan. Perfect double bill, right? It's very exciting. I've never seen Saving Private Ryan. Um, I have, it's been a really long time, though. Yeah, never sat down and watched it. So that will be our next show when next we meet, whenever that will end up being, I think in like a week or two. Um, but until then, you can always reach us on the, on the Facebook group. Yeah, I'm there sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Christine, anything else uh, you want to tell the world about? I don't know, is there? I don't know. Anything uh, writing that we can find anywhere? Um... Uh, I said I wrote a review for the Lego movie, right? No, you did not. Where I wrote a, I wrote a review for the Lego movie. Where would we find that review at the Lego movie? I'll post it in the page. Are in you the actually going to do it? Because you keep saying that and then not. Oh my god, I'm going to do it. I'm doing it right now. Pound, pound, pound. That was good. I, I didn't really do that. Um, no, I'll do it right now. Oh yeah, and I finished my novel, if anybody cares. Ooh, yes we care. Hey guys, I finished it. Are you like self-publishing? What you doing with it? Um, I need people to read it, and then once people read it and I polish it, I'm gonna send it to literary agents, and then maybe I'll have a book. Nice, very nice, very nice. Who the, who the fuck knows, you right? You have it, like, you have it saved on a computer, like, it's not like in the movies where they type it on typewriters, and then, like, the sheets blow away, and that's Wait, it. Wait, I was or, supposed like, to save little it somewhere? Happened to. Yeah, you should put it on a disc or something. Oh, no, I just, I've just been saying it out loud. Okay, we should, we should talk about that. Hmm. All right, the Lego movie thing just got posted now. Nice. All right, folks, we will be back in some time, and we'll talk about Vin Diesel and then not Vin Diesel. I'm excited to watch those Fast and the Furious movies, and I'm excited to see Erica. And by see her, I mean hear her. I'm excited to see Erica and hear her. Yeah, me too. I was excited about the Fast and the Furious movies, but maybe (laughs) the series will turn around for me. I don't know. We'll find out soon. (laughs) On that note, folks, happy March. Bye. Oh, I got a live one here.
the Batman.